Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast. And you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. Um, <laughs> that would be the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There's been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think that chip has gotten bigger now. Can his shoulder handle it, though? I guess that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Phil Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Hey, Blues fans. I'd like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan, and here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode, season 10, episode 42, uh, episode number 360 all time, where the often imitated, never duplicated, how are you doing, we're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, and on the agenda tonight, we will be uh, recapping the Blues season, uh, as disappointing as it was to lose to the Avalanche in six games, we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about the uh, off season and uh, what's to come, what we think's to come. And uh, things that have been said uh, in the past few days uh, surrounding the Blues uh, after they were eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, special thanks to rockin'thatidlife.com and centericebrewery.com for probably sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, June 1st, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook to interact with the show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Do a search for us. You'll find us. That's not a request, that's a demand. <laughs> <laughs> As we hear Jeff's notification sound <laughs> on his phone. Sorry Jeff's about on that. Call. Jeff's on yeah. call. There are, on his, there are children listening. Yeah. Anyone who's overnight seen the movie Euro Trip knows where that's from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Kurt Price. My co-host for tonight's big show are Bill Dan Jeff Ponder. Gentlemen, uh, welcome again. I, I guess this is the last show like this we'll be doing for a while. We're going to have some interviews in the off season that Jeff's going to do and we'll do some other shows where we watch a, a game together and do the hockey, mystery hockey theater but uh, this is the last show like this for uh, a little bit makes me quite sad to say goodbye to you fellows for a little bit um, 
I think, though, like I said, we've got some things planned with Mystery Hockey Theater, Men's League Minute. I know that kind of stuff you guys are going to want to be involved in. We'll be doing stuff like that. Um, those were fun segments I think we introduced both last summer, right? Uh, so we'll be doing that again. Yep. It'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's some really fun stuff that I've got planned. Um, I'm wanting to take a look at – well, first of all, there's a couple podcast uh, guys that we have not had on before that we'll be having on. So the new – oh, Jesus, help me out. The new Blue Note podcast, Blue Note show, what's that new one called? There's some. Uh, they just started in the playoffs. <laughs> so I yeah, yeah, yeah. We agreed, well, we'll I'm going to go on their show. They're going to come on ours, so you'll get introduced to them. Um, Locked on, these guys are going to probably be coming on. What would you say? They're going to do what now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt. That means I'm a party boy. But uh, pinch and squeal? How's your father? Nothing wrong with that. Um, We're animals, right? Rod of control. We're fierce. We're going to be doing some some fun stuff with, like, uh, uh, blues programs. So, you know, I mentioned on Twitter, Warrior Blues uh, or Warrior Hockey Blues, whatever they're calling that program. Blues for kids. I'm going to get people on to talk about the different programs the blues are involved in. So uh, hopefully you have some interest in that because uh, you'll be able to learn more this summer. So lots of cool stuff planned. Stay tuned. We'll be back every single week. Every week. Every week. Even when I'm out of town, I'm still going to magically have a show appear. <laughs> and I'll say that uh, a lot of the live stuff will not be done this year, but something I kind of tested uh, a couple weeks ago when we couldn't do a live show. Um, I actually uh, think I'll be premiering shows on YouTube, and then the next day they'll be available on podcasts. So I'll premiere them on our normal time around 9.15 on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So just stay tuned on social media and uh, and I'll be in the chat too, so come on, chat with us while the show's going on, while it's premiering. Still going to have a lot of fun with it. And we might do some uh, news withstanding, right? If, if there's something big happens, a big signing, uh, something crazy, uh, we may jump on and do a, a live show. Uh, that always happens a couple times in the offseason. We'll do something just to, uh, we want to talk about it. So uh, look forward to that too. Yeah, we'll have, uh, I already have it scheduled that we'll probably have one. After the draft, before free agency, and then after free agency. So that's two weeks in a row that we'll probably have our regular live shows. Um, the official beers, episode number 360. You can follow each of us on the untapped app. My handle is CPRICE12. Jeff's is JPonder94. Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33. And uh, I guess we'll uh, maybe we'll switch up next season, but I guess we can do same order for the offseason. Jeff, what do you got? Yes, sadly, sadly, um, the the having me go first did not work out this year. Um, <laughs> Bill, I just saw your comment. You're you're a funny guy. Um, yeah, uh, for those on the podcast, I have shaved my face. It has been going since I want to say late February, so it was the second longest I've ever had a beard, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous by last week. It's fun. I don't know why it was funny to me. You said, I have shaved my face. I'm like, yes. well, what do you usually shave? I mean, obviously it's your face. I mean, usually I, people I, just I, say, I shaved. Do you want me to, do you want me to show you my armpits? I shave those too. Okay. That's got to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah, it's not so bad. Use I mean, a woman's uh, razor. That's what I don't get, man. Women's razors, they've figured it out. Us men, we can't figure it out. We're like, oh, we're men. We don't need to have lotion applied to us as we're shaving. That is so delightful. Do you know what women have figured out? 
everything. Pain medication. Midol. Women are hogging the Midol. They don't tell men about it. Midol's amazing. You got, you got some aches and pains and cramps. You take some <laughs> Midol. That shit goes away. And women don't tell women don't tell men about this. They keep it for themselves. I'm gonna keep that in mind for the future. It's, I mean, that sounds awesome. Men men use like Advil, right, for like strong stuff. But uh, oh no, if you, if you got something bad, you go go steal some of your wife or girlfriend's Midol. Yeah, I might mm. have to try that out next time. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been our new segment, Life Hacks with Kurt Price. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, okay, so here of the episode, I think is where we were at. Uh, old Alina, or old Alina, old Arena, old Alina, old Alina Lager old, from uh, old Alina Centol Ice Brewery. <laughs> uh, old Arena Lager, Center Ice Brewery, one of the best cans that you'll find in St. Louis, and uh, just a good sipping beer. So, figure this was that's, a good one to end the season on. That that says a lot to say it's one of the best cans in St. Louis because Four Hands exists in St. Louis, and, mm. and Four Hands knocked out of the park with their labels. That's true, but yeah. I mean, how do you how do you beat having the literally the old arena on your can? That's, that's fantastic. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's it's it's in, they're in really that's this a very a good compliment to them. Yes, right. for sure. In in proper blues colors too. Yes, yes. Not the it's it's, it's the it's the lighter, not the darker. Uh, Bill, what you got? Um, I'm kind of cleaning out the beer fridge at this point. So uh, an, an oldie and a goodie. Um, jumping in my hot dog time machine tonight. Hoping to go Love back it. to keep Callie Rosen pushing Jordan Bennington into or Kadri into Bennington. So, yeah. <laughs> How dare you even insinuate that's the case. It's it's magic. Kadri did it with mirrors, right? He, yeah. He's behind Rosen, but Rosen pushes him, right? Uh, Kadri yeah. did it with smoke and mirrors. He's a magician. Just a just a, a little illusion. trick. Of the, it's a trick of the camera. That's all it is. No tricks are things whores do for money, Jeff. It's oh, an you would know. <laughs> oh, I watch a lot of Arrested Development. Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you to say. I was waiting for you to say trick, and you just right. You set it up perfectly. Mm. Um, didn't even have to text you to say it. Uh, mine is the, I've had this like three weeks in a row now, uh, because I bought 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> the lemonade shandy by three, one, two. It's uh, I, I like it. I enjoy it. And I'm enjoying it right now in my brand new air conditioning. Ooh. My AC, my mm. AC, uh, needed to be replaced. So I got a new outdoor unit and indoor unit, new furnace, new coil, everything. So, uh, that was installed and finished yesterday. So the house is nice and cool. Not that it's real hot outside, but it will be. Yesterday sucked. And yesterday was the pretty humidity, bad. The humidity has been building tonight. It's, yeah. As the, I, as the day's gone on, the humidity has just got shitty. You know, it, it did. But and I played pickleball tonight. I had a, my tournament, with my uh, league night was tonight. And uh, it, it was a little warm. The sun was out off and on uh, early on. But then when the sun went uh, behind the clouds and it kind of it got a little cooler and it was perfect. The humidity seemed to just kind of go away. It was nice. You're, you're burying the lead. How'd you do? How? Oh, um, I won five out of the seven matches I played. So, pretty good. Not tonight. bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
Uh, we got one today in Blues history uh, tonight, uh, courtesy of the at SDL Blues History mm-hmm. Twitter account. June 1st, 2019, Bob Plager, Brendan Federico, Alex Petrangelo, Brett Hull, Chris Pronger did the Hey Buddy, We're Back video that uh, played prior to Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final versus the Boston Bruins in 2019. So, mm. Better times. Better times. Yeah. Yeah, a little depressing, actually, to read that and think, uh, wish we were there, but yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't win this, every year. Unless so, Tampa may, Bay. Yeah, true. This may be the first time I just noticed that all of us are, none of us are wearing blue. All of us are wearing shades of red and orange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go Oilers? I guess yeah, that's what I guess. we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I don't know. Oilers or Rangers, I guess. Uh, I'd say I, I think the orange is saying Rangers or uh, Oilers are you, rather. Are you guys? Uh, how, how are your your rooting interests after the Blues are eliminated on a regular season? Say, let's say they're eliminated. Do you tend to like what stops you from rooting for the team that beat the Blues? Is it just animosity, hatred, or something usually happens during the series that makes you hate them? But I mean, do you ever root for the team that that, that knocks off the Blues, or do you? Yeah, I have. have yeah. Rarely do I. Do. I I actually was rooting for the Sharks in sixteen. Um, okay. Yeah, I was rooting for them. Uh, the Kings, the first year they won the Cup and they beat the Blues yeah. in the second round, I was rooting for them uh, because again, to both probably because I have friends who are big Kings and Sharks fans, so I was like, I want to see them win. That'd be great. Because uh, if my team's ever going to do it, you know, might as well watch another team do it that hasn't done it yet. Um, but yeah, I'll say typically, typically I do root against the team that beat the Blues yeah. just because there's a little bit of animosity there, and especially if it's a Central Division team. So well, and and there's always something that happens during the series that yeah. just pisses you off, right? So mm. it's like, oh, fuck them, anybody but them. Yep. And I think yeah, I'll I, say, I think I, this typical, this year. Tip- Typically, I'll just say, like, I'll have a second favorite team in the playoffs, and I'll say if the Blues lose, that's who I'm rooting for. That's kind of what I do. I tend to root for whoever's playing the team that beat us. Yeah. That's that's generally. That's, not always, but almost always. Same. And I I rooted for the Sharks after the Blues, after they knocked the Blues out in 16. Same as Jeff. Um, I think that's – I might have – Wanted Vancouver after they knocked us out. What was that? The, the year that we surprisingly got in. Oh, no. no that was 09. Yeah, 09. Way back when yeah. Chris Mason gave up the, the overtime goal to uh, Alex Burroughs. Right. I think I, I think I wanted to see Luongo win it. Yep. Um, that was but, me too. But, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, you know, I, there's no way that I, I will uh, cheer for uh, Colorado. I, I want them to fail. Like I want them to lose in the third round, not get to the final, so that there's pressure on them to break up that group, even though it's the probably the best group in the NHL. Right? I, they can't, yeah, get, I, they I can't, can't get to the final. I can't root for the Avalanche. Um, oh, with the Kadri what, what? shit, with the shit yeah. last year, the animosity after uh, that, and, and just the fans, yep. honestly. I'm sorry. I oh my Fans God. don't deserve it. They're annoying as hell. And I'm not saying all fans. Obviously, there's a great Obviously. group of Avalanche fans I've known over the years. But the ones on social media, oh, my oh. God, they are unbearable. Like, I, 
I, it was night and day with Wild and Avalanche fans. I had a friend tell me before the series started he hated Wild fans, and I was like, really? And that's the you know series, what? yeah, we got some idiots, but that's always going to happen. But, man, it's Avalanche not- fans, from the minute the Blues won, actually from the minute the Avalanche won, until the Avalanche won against the Blues, it was just nonstop annoyance from that fan base. It's not just either that it's just uh, annoying it's or like being a jackass fan it's 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 i've seen a ridiculous number of fans who just see stuff wrong yeah and 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 just aren't aren't calling it as it happened you know what i mean like like with the whole bennington uh, the whole rose and cadre thing um just fucking like jackass statements and a lot of it and it's like widespread, fueled by journalists, you know, who perpetuate this stuff, uh, uh, and fueled by Cadre's lie during his interview, you know, and they just jump on board and not knowing the rules, and it was, it's absurd. It, it was, it was, it's unreal. Except for Doctor Nighthawk. Doctor Nighthawk's cool. No, she's yeah, great. She, she's a yeah, she's, but yeah, she's first and foremost, she's a Blues fan. She is. Then she transitions her fandom. I understand that she's she's there locally. She gets a pass. Yep. She may be the only one, but she gets a pass. <laughs> now, like I said, I know some I know some Avs fans who are not on social media, and they're very cool people. They get the game, they understand, they play themselves. And but it, yeah, it's it's the people that I dealt with online. Oh my god, they're some of the worst I've dealt We're, with since maybe Blackhawks fans. The worst ever. That I've yeah. ever ever dealt with, the worst group of fans, uh, Avalanche fans online social media, the by far the worst group of fans to deal with online. And I've been doing this for twenty two plus years with yep. discussion forums and social media, uh, blue stuff. But I mean, you think Blackhawks fans and Predators fans are are, are bad sometimes? No, They're nothing compared oh. to Colorado. Not even close. Oh. We almost got a Reeves versus Maroon fight. Oh, but the officials won't let them get to each other. Oh, yeah, I see it. Oh, there it is for me right now. Thanks for the uh, heads up. <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about uh, what went wrong versus Colorado and what the offseason uh, will look like. Uh, maybe right after this break from ID Life. It's springtime, and I know in my house, it's such a good feeling to open up the windows and let the breeze roll in for new life in my home. Your body's no different. Detoxifying your body can reduce any inflammation, purify your blood, help with weight loss, improve sleep, and boost your circulation. Don't just go after those detoxifiers that only focus on the gut and bowel, though. If you're going to do it, do it for real. The all-new Detox Box from RockinThatIDLife.com cleans all your systems, flushing your kidneys and bowels, detoxifying your liver, and restoring your microbiome for full homeostasis. You'll feel re-energized, restored, and renewed. Make your order now and receive a free Detox Water Bottle with your order. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com or email Dustin at RockinThatIDLife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's RockinThatIDLife.com and give your body that much-needed spring cleaning today. Who wins between uh, Maroon and Reeves in a fight? Reeves. I take Reeves. Easy. 
I think all my money's on Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do we need to unmute it for a West Macaulay announcement? (laughs) Maybe. They're still, there's, they, they're still cleaning stuff up off the ice after they came back from break. So this is going to be epic. Minute 45 left in the third period. Rangers lead 6-2 to two over the Lightning in game one and, of the Eastern Conference Final. And we just witnessed a line brawl. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, some action in the YouTube chat. Uh, Matt Harris says, how did Jeff stay with his beard longer than I've stayed with a girlfriend? Meaning him. Uh... I'm confused. Uh, first of all, I'm, 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 I meant to say this at the start of the show. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Uh, hey, June yeah. June is Pride right. Month, so yeah, very cool. Uh, Matt, um, I'm confused. I I don't mean to call you out on the show, but I uh, didn't think girls were your thing. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've no, we've talked if to you are, for a while. We just got awkward. Yeah, it totally did. I hope your parents aren't listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Jeff. (laughs) What? Uh, I don't know how else to say it on a live show. I mean, you could not say anything at all. (laughs) No, I had to say something. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I don't know. Well, uh, I hope uh, Matt's cool with that. Um, He is. Happy Pride Month. Okay. Um, The Meeker says Reeves is a beast. Um uh, Wouldn't Reeves be favored against the entire league? Yeah, almost. And man, uh, ah, he's bisexual. He says he's bisexual in the chat. There it is. Okay, okay. I didn't know that. I, I I actually was unaware. So you like to have your cake and eat it too. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, the best of both worlds. I'm feeling like uh, Kurt and Bill are a little feeling a little awkward here. <laughs> no, I really want to quote Clerks. You know, best of both worlds. Yeah, of course. I thought you were going to make some ass to mouth comment. No, remember the the, the no, quote no, from Clerks? I I, yes. Checks with X. Best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Anyway, uh, what went wrong versus Colorado? Uh, Blues trying to come back from being down three games to one. The Blues carried a two-to-one lead going into the third period of game six, but uh, JT Comfer scored his second of the game midway through the third to tie it up. And uh, short side on Huso with one second left in the Avs power play. Uh, not a good goal on Huso, guys. I mean, uh, I hated this goal, personally. I, I did, was, too. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just one this... of those things. Short side, he sees it. He's not... He's far enough out, hoping. I mean, it wasn't like he picked a corner necessarily. So I'm picturing just, contract negotiations right now, and Huso's agent saying, "You know, oh, he did this, this, this. His record was this. Save percentage was this." Armstrong's only argument is, "Yeah, but that last goal. Yeah, but that last oh, goal. That's or, all he has half, to say." Or half the game I, he played against Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it. it I've I've envisioned that too, right? The the whole um, what is Armstrong's angle here, and I I just I don't see Huso's side being happy in this whole thing and uh, him coming back. But yeah, I mean the the he was money money during the regular season, and 
you know, once Bennington took over and his confidence was shot, you know, it, it, he, he had, he had strong game, uh, like game five. I mean, he was, he was really good, good in stretches in four and mm-hmm. five and game six. He, he played well, except those are bad goals that he gave up yeah. to Comfort. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the, Allowing a bad goal, it kind of like uh, negates, cancels out the great saves you make. So it's uh, I, and then you know, okay, so tie game, Blues are hanging on, right? This third period was awful. Um, yeah, one of the worst periods the Blues have played in the playoffs, and they just could not get anything going. They have is coming, 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 and then the the goal that silenced St. Louis, the Darren Helm scored. By one of the more heartbreaking goals in Blues history, not not because of the expectations for this Blues team, but just the you know having the lead going to the third and five seconds to go, essentially ending the game without technically ending the game, right? Uh, yeah. Six seconds to go, a shot from the top of the left circle through traffic beats who's so far post. Not and was it Pareko that dumped the puck into the Av zone? With like 18 seconds to go or something, and they come back. Yeah, and, you don't. There's no need to no, turn a puck over there. I was like, why turn it over? Why not? Why not uh, uh, carry it in and, and and try for a shot to try and win it? Or like just Colorado even, just even, did. Even just fucking carry it back to your own zone. Like, right. control the puck and wait for overtime. Don't just give them the puck and give them one last chance. That's well, awful. That's terrible puck yeah. management. I think Pareko, uh, you know, proved to everybody when he puts puck over the glass that led to the tying goal that his at that point his mind was on overload and completely shut off. It's, it was just it's always Pareko, right, with that play. Yeah, it's yep. always him. Yep. It's always him in the playoffs, especially puts it over the glass every damn time. It's it's Pareko. I I, I want to like the guy so much. But it's just yeah. shit like that in bad times. He did it against Boston. Luckily, it didn't, I, it didn't hurt us. He did it in the fucking yeah. game seven, the final. I have. Yeah. That was the only penalty in the game. Like they, yeah. it was clear. Yeah. I mean, we've said this a million times on this show. They were they not going to call, call a fucking thing in game seven unless no, they had to. Unless they absolutely had to, and they did. They that was the one. It's like guys, we we can't avoid this. There has to be a penalty here, yeah. and it's just the right. one. It's terrible the luck one, management. The one cut and dry penalty. You absolutely, there's no wavering on. You can't have a judgment call go your way. It's, it's like no, it's just over the last. Well, well, that that play. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it deflects. I sometimes guess you could it say skims the glass, yeah. right? But there's in this that. case, it was just straight out. And there's no excuse for that. At this point in his career, there's no excuse for him to not be able to either high hoister to the middle of the ice or off the glass and out. And it's just a complete shutdown of the mind. And you know, my I'll I'll get my rant about Pareko out here. He is the Jake Allen of the Blues defense. We are wanting him to be something he is not. He is not at all the elite defenseman that we thought he would turn into be. He's a he's a number three, number four defenseman, and that's it. Stop trying to push him to, to being a number one because he's not evolving. You say uh, you say Jake Allen, and and it is not as this bad. Um, but it, it, it's reminiscent of Eric Brewer. That's what this team kept doing, pushing Eric Brewer as the number one defenseman when he was clearly at best a number four at that point of his career. And that's again, Pareko, I, I put him on a much higher scale than Brewer, but he's not, he's not a number one. And I think at best, he's your number two. When they had, when they had Petrangelo and Pareko and it was, 
one defense, two defense. They were on two different pairings. That was perfect. I think that worked out well. You found a guy to fit mm-hmm. with Pareko. And and mm-hmm. I like the question that was asked today. Uh, I think it was actually by Chris Frank uh, of the Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, he commented on one of my statuses and said, um, you know, have you ever heard of another number one defenseman? It's always, we got to find somebody who can play with this guy. That's all we hear with Pareko. Oh, we have to find the right guy to play with our number one defenseman. In other teams, here's the number right. one defenseman. We can plug anyone in with this guy because he's going to eat up the minutes. With the Blues, it's we got to find the right guy that can play with him. I just right. he's not no. a number one. You have to find a number one defenseman. Didn't right. uh, His... Todd Reardon play with McKinnis? They were yeah. the tower Todd, of power. Todd Reardon. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. was a good defense with Pronger. Pronger elevated whoever played with him. Right. And, 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 that... and you want to know what else? I, I Not to talk shit on the guy, he was a fine defenseman for his career, and he does a fine job on Bally's. Jamie Rivers was a top-pairing player with Al McInnes. You know, yeah. Jamie Rivers was a journeyman defenseman at best in the NHL. Yeah. I You know, I, I think with Pareko, it, you know, he, the expectations were were high. He he showed some tremendous potential, but then you know he wound up mostly paired with Bowmeister when Bowmeister hit his resurgence after he finally got over the hip issues, and Pareko looked like the next coming. Right, they, they were such a good shutdown pair. Petrangelo at that point could play with whoever they put up there. Right, but you you know Pareko and Bomeister as your shutdown guys, they were brilliant. Bomeister goes away, and Pareko starts to slide. You know, and again, uh, I think I think he's he could be fine as a second pairing guy if you find the right guy for him. But again, right, you have to have a number one, and he is your default number one just because they don't have anybody else. I, issue, I would argue at this point that Justin Falk is our number one defenseman. I would and should be more than be okay with that if he's your number Pareko's, one shutdown defenseman. Pareko's issue to me is, I mean, I know it's it's something the Blues fans have harped on him about since he started playing uh, for us that uh, he is not aggressive enough. He's not mean enough. Now I think now asking him to do that and something he's not, he's just not going to do. He's not that kind of player. But I'm telling you, if he had a mental change and he actually played more physical and more mean and more aggressive, just not dirty, just attacked guys more and uh, was more physical in front and on the boards, uh, I think that would elevate the rest of his game. I think that would just like it's a snowball effect for improving all sorts of his uh, elements of his game. But he's just soft everywhere. And I think that that just leads to all kinds of problems for him. And some guys can make up for it by playing like perfectly sound uh, oh, yeah. defensive positioning. And, and I know that you don't this have is, to be exactly. Aggressive or this is unfair to, to bring him up. But Nicholas Lidstrom is the perfect yeah. example. A guy who never played right. a physical minute of hockey with right. obviously a few exceptions, but like he was so good at shutting down passing lanes, blocking shots, taking guys out from in front if you had to legally, well, and doing was, everything right. And and that is who you want from Pareko as a guy who's bigger, much bigger than Lidstrom and can take up more ice. But he just he, he's not 
Nicholas Lindstrom, L- unfortunately. L- Lindstrom was fundamentally sound. He didn't have to be physical. Exactly. You know, he he's fundamentally sound. He 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 did well offensively. You know, he was just he was just a, like a machine back there fundamentally, like a system. Um, and he had a nice team around him and helped too. But uh, yeah, if, if you're not fundamentally sound, you have to step up your aggressiveness. Yep. And you know, and I think Pareko can be have stretches where he is quite fundamentally sound. But man, when he makes mistakes, he makes mistakes. Yes. And I think. I, again, I think if you were just to play a different style of game, which is not going to happen, I'm not asking him to. I'm just saying, but what if, you know, like what if the Marvel series, what if he did this? I think he'd be a much better player uh, and it would cover up, uh, it, would, it would help with some of his, uh, you know, mistakes. Honestly, if he just mistakes. used his strength in tying up sticks like he can, that's not even to me a physical part of the game. If he just did that, just be more aggressive. that would make him a million times better. There well, are so many times where the puck is just the puck will come to his guy and he's trying to block the pass or whatever, but it's like, dude, if you just got your stick on his stick, he's not getting that shot off. Like just just be it like you said, be aggressive a little bit. Yeah. And there's just no ag- aggressive muscle on his body. Way too many times in this in, in the playoffs, he, you notice him. He's not taking the body when he should. He's just playing soft on a guy. You know, he lets him go wide, lets him beat him wide. And that goal that was scored against Minnesota, uh, uh, Minnesota scored on us, where the guy beat him wide and just took a shot, and it shouldn't have went anyway. It's a bad goal on Huso, but still, you know, it uh, it was just a soft play by Perico. Just, just that's just his his game in a in a in a nutshell. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, we will have more on Colton Pareko when we yeah. discuss Ponder's six-point plan in the third segment. So stay tuned. I'm looking mm. forward to that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now, and you know, we've got three guys with those identical contracts, which, you know, Armini's cap management on defense has been great. Nobody gets more than six and a half. He's got three guys at six and a half, but Pareko's out there till 2030 with a no trade clause, limited no trade clause. And mm, yeah. something tells me that something tells me that uh, Mike Van Ryan might be on his way out as blues defensive coach. if They can't harness his capabilities. I think Van Ryan's done a great job with the rest of the group, but at this point they need more out of Pareko. And some I think that's your fault. I think that's your major hole. I, I agree. I, I do think something needs to change. I mean, I always liked Brad Shaw, but for those that used to listen to any of my old shows, I used to bitch about how let's make a change. Clearly that it's not working. You know, you, you're going to keep the same assistant coaches through three head coaches. I just didn't like that. I thought you need to see some kind of change. You're not getting what you need. And I think, unfortunately, that's just what we're seeing right now. Unless you can find a way to make a somewhat overhaul on defense, I do think, unfortunately, the sword's going to land on Mike Van Ryn, uh, who's done a fine job with what he's been given. But, I, again, I'll say what I said last year. Just not a fan of the way this defense is constructed. The yeah. Meeker and YouTube? Go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say the construct is up to army, right? But it's the execution and the fact that right. Pareko hasn't evolved in the last couple of years. He's, he's just kind of been treading water and, yep. and you know, the point in the YouTube chat, I, I can't remember who made it, but Pareko, you know, it, he panics when he gets to pot. 
right? In pressure situations, puck goes over the glass. That's a good point. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even pressure situations. Sometimes you just, yeah. Uh, Ken Morris says, I have Colt 55 hang out with Jeff for the summer. That would mean him up. You know, I don't know. I guess I come off as a mean person on this show. I am not like that at all. You should see me with my kid. I am like Mr. Mr. Nice Guy. Like on the rink every now and then. Yeah, even in men's league, but it's it's rare. Um, but yeah, I guess if he's talking about Coach Ponder, I'll have to pull out that persona as uh, for Ted Lasso fans. I guess I'll have to right. become Pef Jonder. So uh <laughs> So that way I can kind of tell them how it is. And, and, uh, what, uh, what's the quote? Uh, even freaking Dumbo. What is <laughs> You guys remember that episode? <laughs> Led Tasso? Yeah. Uh, he says something about Dumbo. I can't remember the full quote. Yeah. I forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, okay. So we, that's a lot on Preco. Uh, moving on to, uh, uh, our goaltending. Uh, in this series, didn't get the goaltending from Huso that we were getting from Bennington. Bennington had three games played. He was one and one with a nine five five save percentage at the time of. Uh, well, he's probably. I think he still does. Had, had the best goaltending numbers of any goalie in the uh, NHL um, in the playoffs uh, up until when he was hurt. And Huso had four games played, one and three with an eight seven nine save percentage in this series. So unless you're scoring six goals a game, you got to have tremendous goaltending to win the cup. Uh, and and beat certain teams, and you got to get those big saves in close games. We were getting those from Bennington uh, in the short amount of time that he was in this series, uh, but uh, we did not get near enough of that from Huso. Uh, Bennington stood on his head in game one, lost in overtime, still couldn't get the win. Um, so sometimes not even great goaltending is enough, but you got to have it, especially against a team like Colorado. So, uh, Matt Harris in the YouTube chat, uh, you know, you wouldn't need defense if you just scored 11 goals a game that, uh, applies to goaltending here. So yeah, do what Toronto does. Just build up the offense. That's all this team needs to do. Right. Yeah. That's worked out so well for them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, and I'll add this, uh, I, I, I think, and again, we'll get to this in a little bit, a little bit, I'm sure, but. Uh, I, I do think Huso might have played his last game as a St. Louis Blue. I, I, I just, and it's nothing against him. I think he had a, again, he had a fine season, great season, a spectacular season, uh, and was fine in the playoffs. I mean, he had a couple weak ones on him, but overall he was fine. Um, but again, you mentioned it, Kurt. Against a team like Colorado, you can't have fine goaltending. You have to have good goaltending. And I just don't think he, was up to par. He was, he wasn't up to the challenge against Colorado. Yeah. He'd have, he, we talked about it. He, he'd have stretches where he was really, really good and then just have a couple of stinkers, you know, go in. Yeah. So it just, it was, it was inconsistent. Um, and so and what are you going to do? Right? Let's face it. Like the blues don't make the playoffs without his play in the regular season. Nope. He looked, he was nope. great. So people who are worried, you know, about me saying, if it's true that Huso has played his last game as a St. Louis blue, I still think, I mean, obviously the future and Joel Hofer is there. You bring back Charlie Lindgren, uh, you know, that's those are guys I think that can get you through the regular season as a 1A, 1B tandem. And then again, do the same thing you did this year. Have a battle for the playoffs. Who starts playoffs game one? And it doesn't matter if they falter because you've got another goalie behind him 
that can do the same thing, if not better. And we saw that this year. And and I, that was the thing that people were saying when when Lindgren came up and was 5-0 and and, and Hofer played pretty good and the one game John Gillies played. Um, I think a lot of people were – there was a lot of people on social media that were like, see, you don't need a spectacular goalie back there. They shouldn't have paid Bennington what they paid him. And it was just like, no, I think it's it's more likely that the Blues have great goaltending depth, maybe the best in the league. Bill, I'm sure you have thoughts on this, but I thought they just have great goaltenders. Like, behind two guys in the NHL, they got two more guys that could step in and play NHL minutes. Like, a lot of teams don't have the luxury the Blues have right now. Well, I... I don't know. I, I, I think that goaltending, like, look look at Dallas, right? Coming into this season, nobody had Jake Ottinger as the guy that gets them into the playoffs and only almost gets them around two, right? Dallas had insane depth on paper at the beginning of the season, and at the end of it, their number four guy is the guy that they're riding and who's doing well. It's very similar to what happened with Bennington a couple of years ago. You never know who is going to get that breakthrough when they finally get the call at the big league level. And, you know, that Ottinger was amazing. Um, you know, I, I would love, you know, I, I was one of the, you know, the idiot few that was advocating for Charlie Lindgren to start game five. Right. I, I thought that needed to be the guy because um, you weren't going to do it in game six. We won game five. Of course, you're not going to do it in game six. Um, but even if we lost game five, well, if we lost game five, it was over. But I don't know. I, I just Lindgren, <laughs> I would love to see him. I would love to see him get a shot as a one B. But I think he's got to play a lot, right? I think he 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 can't be he can't be the guy that comes in to spell Bennington for just ten to fifteen games. I think he's got to get twenty to thirty games to well, to I, keep his rhythm. And I think Bennington proved that this year that he needs a guy who can do that. Um, you know, again, I'll say I think he was. A lot of people would would disagree with me. I think he was fine enough. Like he was good enough throughout the shortened season we had recently. And then the year before that, uh, the year COVID struck, I thought he was good both those years. I know a lot of people disagreed, but I, I thought he was fine this season. Yeah. He had some struggles. And, and so I think that shows that if the blues have a solid backup that you can say, listen, Charlie Jordan's not pulling his weight right now. We're going to give him a break. We need you to come in and ride a heater. And I think he's the type of guy that can do that and just play down the stretch and get some big minutes for the Blues. And, and again, that's what Uso did this year. I think Lindgren's another guy that could do that. Uh, Tarasenko with only one goal in the series, uh, not enough from him in this series. Oftentimes he was completely invisible. So uh, his could only goal came also, in, what, game five? Could also be his last game as a St. Louis Blue. Uh, probably not, but could. Yeah, we'll see. Could be. Yeah. yeah, was it? Who was? It was uh Ben Fredrickson that said that he said he doesn't want to leave now. Yeah, that he's uh, informed, informed the Blues that he wishes to stay. Rutherford said uh, hinted at that as well. Um. Mm. So uh, yeah, and Shen was playing hurt, largely ineffective. Uh, had some broken ribs, uh, although he did have five assists in the. 
against the Avs, uh, most of them were minor assists. Mm. So um, he, he had a much bigger series against Minnesota, and I'm guessing yes. that's where a lot of his injuries took place. Yeah. He actually, Him uh, and Jordan was, Greenway, man, that yeah. battle that they had. He actually he had broken ribs. Uh, that's why he sat to end the regular season. So he had them then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, and he's and still throwing his body around aggravated. like a fool. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it explains a lot because it you knew it had to be something with him because he was so out of character for him against Colorado to just be completely invisible and ineffective. Uh, he wasn't doing a whole lot against the Avalanche. No. Uh, Robert Thomas was a minus six and a no show aside from game five in the series. He, I, you know, I, he really had trouble with Colorado's pressure. They were mm. in his passing lanes like nobody was this season. They didn't allow him to uh, do his cutbacks and curl arounds to, to to find those passing lanes and to create those passing lanes. Uh, probably a lesson learned for Thomas uh, with the series. He's got to figure that out. I hope he, that's a lesson learned because yeah, um, be. the player that's coming to mind for me right now, and nobody's going to like hearing this, Alexi Yashin. That dude was money in the regular season and could not figure it out in the postseason. I am hoping that is not his the type of player he's going to be. I hope this was, okay, I became elite this year in the regular season. They figured me out in the playoffs. Next year, I got to prove I can do it when it matters too. So I'm hoping that's not going to be a comparable player for him, but that's how it looked this year to be sure. The Meeker in the YouTube chat said, uh, Army today said Tank isn't going anywhere. He didn't say that exactly. He said he's not worried about Tarasenko, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he said. Yeah, I think that's what uh, was in Rutherford's article. Um, But yeah, back to Army. Unless Army Army said something today, uh, after the fact, uh, on the radio or something that I didn't hear, but I, uh, what do you, what do you guys think about Robert Thomas? Do you, are you guys concerned about he, his future? No. Do you think this is something he's going to bounce back from? I think he's too young to be concerned. I mean, yeah, it's a concern. You want him, you want him to do better at this aspect, his playoff performance. But you know, with as young as he is, I'm not, I'm not going to knee jerk, knee jerk it with him. I'm not going to. You know, say it's a, it's a major concern, but it's something he does need to improve on. Um, hopefully, it's not a stigma he has for his career, because some players get that. Uh, Kairou had four goals, but to me, was rather, I mean, quite frustrating to watch in this series. Uh, back checking was horrendous, cost us a few goals in this series. Uh, he had four goals in six games. And I'd actually, you know, you know, four goals in six games is pretty good in the playoffs. Um, but I'd give him like a D for the series, just for his overall play. He, so I'm reminded, he... I'm reminded of yeah. a great quote from Mr. Burt Reynolds on uh, in the movie Mystery Alaska, when his son, uh, who yeah. refused to pass the puck, uh, scored three goals in in his big Saturday game, and uh, they're sitting at dinner. And um, he's talking about how great of a game it was. And Burt Reynolds, who's like the curmudgeony old, uh, uh, old like player slash coach. And he looks at him and he's like, you think because you scored three goals, you had a good game. And that's how I look at Kairou with this is you scored four goals in the series. That's great. You know, that is awesome. And I'm, I'm happy to see him have some offensive success. But. And it sounds so weird to say for a guy that scored four goals, you need to see more out of him. Just 
not just when he's shooting the puck, not just when he's on the offensive zone trying to dance around players. More effort all the time. When you're on the rink, skate your ass off. We talked last uh, last show about the, the metrics they had for fastest skaters in the series. Jordan Cairo <laughs> should be at the top of that list, no matter who they're playing. And he wasn't in the yep. top five at all. It was four Avalanche players and Ryan fucking O'Reilly which tells you right. how hard he's bun- bu- uh, <laughs> busting his ass. That's embarrassing because right. he's he's a fairly slow player. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's he's a lumberjack compared to yeah. Kyrou, right? right? Yeah. So so with Jordan Kyrou, I think I think this season has to be a lesson in in self-preservation and physical conditioning management. I think he, you know, he burned himself out leading up to the all-star game. And then, you know, after winning the fastest skater at the skills competition and coming back, he just disappeared, right? His game was completely different. He got into really bad habits and just didn't seem like he could hang through an entire 60 minute NHL game. Before that he was, there were nights when it, you know, looked like he was as elite as, you know, somebody like Nathan McKinnon on certain nights, but, Post that, oh, he was just just disappear for weeks at a time, and I thought it was I thought it was good that he showed up and was able to be a little bit productive in the playoffs. But damn, get this guy to learn the defensive end of the game and and how to have some left in the tank at the end of the season, and he he could be an elite player in this league. He's still got that chance, but he's got to take lessons from this season. And, and how to better manage himself. Kyrie was really lucky that Thomas saved his ass and scored that tying goal. Uh, in uh, because if he right. if, if Thomas doesn't tie that game, Kyrie is a goat. Is a, is the goat? Not oh, the yeah, greatest yeah. of all time. He is in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right. game is on him. Yep. Awful, Let awful. McKinnon just blow right by him when when you just won the fastest skater competition and watched the best player in the league skate right past you. He's yeah, slow he striding, slow striding, yeah. and reaches out and just gives him a little whack as he goes by. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Jesus, and, uh, Howard. In one of, one of my fa- uh, my my team's uh, group chats, somebody sent a, a graphic about how basically in Kairou's first two full NHL seasons, his point totals are better than McKinnon's. And so he asked, you know, is there a chance that he basically starts putting up McKinnon numbers? And uh, my response to that is actually, yes. Like I've been pretty down on him, but we, if we can see what we saw for the first 40 games of the season, all throughout a season and in the playoffs, and he has the work ethic that a Nathan McKinnon does. Yes, I think he could be that player, but unfortunately, McKinnon is just one of those freaks who is going to—he's going to do everything. His whole life is focused around being able to be a, playing at a top level, like a Connor McDavid, like a Sidney Crosby. I don't think we'll see that out of Kairu, but I will say, I, I, I think it's possible. It's just there's too too little too late from him in this season, and I hope we see a much better effort late in the year. And like you said, Bill, I think a big part of it is just maybe he was tired, burnt out from having a really good, hard-fought first couple uh, first couple months of the season, 
And if by the end, he's just exhausted and has nothing left in the tank. Maybe he learns how to be able to res- conserve his energy a little bit more. And we see some more from him, but yeah, I, I did not like him in the series. I thought, man, we could see a lot more out of this kid. Maybe he uh, learned to appreciate the smell of kale as I was, Nathan McKinnon blew past him. And I was going to say so. Or as yeah. Kale McCarr skated past him. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's kale? different. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> maybe McKinnon, Wait. when he says eat more kale, he's not talking about the Whoa. food. He's- this could get gross. This could yes. get gross. <laughs> I, eat kale. I eat kale before every game. This took a turn. This took a huge no. turn. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, so not enough from Barbashev. Where the fuck was Barbashev in this series? What was he in play? the playoffs? Where, we didn't right. play at all? And well, and I, I think that's you know when when a guy plays above his head during the regular season and you count on him to do that in the playoffs. Well, it's or, or yeah, just it's not a good around. sign. Or just yeah. throw his body he, around. I mean, he, he he had a he couple decent hits in Minnesota in the Minnesota series. He was much more physical. He tried yeah. tried in the Colorado yeah. series, but he was just ineffective. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I think we saw him get demoted more to a, a more defensive role, a more checking role uh, right. in the playoffs, which I'm fine with. I think, you know, he proved in 2019 that he can play that role. But again, he just wasn't as effective against Colorado. Um, you know, if you're potting a couple goals here and there while playing in the checking role, I don't think anybody's saying anything, even if it's only a couple goals here or there. But the fact that he was so electric and so money in the regular season offensively, and then, again, we've known him to be a good checking forward. We didn't really get any of that in the Colorado series. Oh, there, there he was, was no, just absent there was, in both roles. There was no forecheck at all. In the, I mean, it, 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 any sustained puck pressure we had on Colorado was few and far between. I mean, we didn't. We had we had nothing generated, nothing of sustained attack, hardly ever. It was always one and done. Um, every once in a while, and uh, good power play, score a lot of power play goals. You know, we just we just should have that should have been the game plan, really, just to do everything you could to to get Colorado to take penalties somehow, some way, dive well, it, left and right. It you know, might have been something, something. Uh, no Krug, that hurt. Uh, even though uh, Prunovic uh, filled in nicely uh, to quarterback the power play, I thought, uh, but he didn't play enough five on five, so. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I'll say he was ineffective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. There was a couple comments in the YouTube chat I wanted to mention about Krug. Uh, the Meeker, I think Krug's puck movement was missed. His breakout passes, etc. Um, I know there was some more, and I apologize yeah. that I'm going to miss it. But yeah, I I agree. I think his breakouts out of the zone. Uh, you know, Nick Letty did a fine job, and and what the Blues brought him in for. But again, the the team's bread and butter is puck control and getting the puck out of the zone and, and getting it to the forwards. And that's one of Krug's best parts of his game is getting the puck and, and sending it out, getting it to the forwards. And that was clearly absent in this series. Uh, Blues couldn't really handle uh, Colorado's speed and pressure game in this series. That, that to me in this series, that kind of caused a lot of other things to go wrong. Uh, they came at us hard. Uh, part of that was what caused puck management to be awful. Um, also, our puck management was bad on its own too, without the pressure. Um, the only game where we looked like we did most of, uh, did most of the season 
was game two. Uh, and game three up until Bennington got hurt. When yep. Bennington got hurt, it was like a switch. It all went mm-hmm. downhill. The series was yep. tied one-to-one. We were leading in game three, and then Kadri slams into Rosen, and he takes them both into Bennington, and the team never looked the same after that. Uh, it's a shame, too, because it looked Four. like they had figured figured things out after a bad game one. But then it was like a, the switch was flipped, and they lost all the momentum and their Poor confidence Kadri. on that, that one play. Poor Kadri. Yeah. Will no one think of the Kadri? I mean, poor Kadri. Think of he the Kadris. He had an empty water bottle, thrown it in his vicinity. How awful. God, I Kadri, feel so bad for him. Kadri, before Bennington, before Huso uh, took the net, had one assist. And after to the net, had like, what, eight or nine points? I think it was oh, four like goals and four assists, I think. Yeah, something like that. So, yep. yeah. Ah, poor Kadri. He, he, he he benefited. Yeah, poor I just Kadri. really feel for that hero, that absolute hero. Yeah, that empty water bottle, that tink tink tink, a few feet from him. That just it was. I mean, the that had water to bottle rattle heard him. around the world. Oh yeah, it had to rattle him. Little, so I mean, bad. if you want to look, yeah, that empty uh, half an ounce water bottle, right? I sure hope he went to therapy after that. <laughs> yes. And as, get his head as right. Fans, as fans up in arms about, oh, the, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like Bennington set the Jordan Hindenburg Bennington's on fire. a racist. Oh. And he's a sexist. Oh, my God. He's there deleting sexist tweets after when he's at the hospital getting his knee checked out. You know what's so, so funny is that you stupid. hear so much about, oh, he tried to hit Kadri with a stick early in the season. No, he didn't. He went up to Kadri, gave him a fuck you, and swiped his stick near his head. No intention of hitting him. It was like two or three feet from his head. It was just a big, it was a, it was a stupid thing to do. It was dumb. But it was a, just a fuck you as he, as he skated by. Didn't try to hit him. Don't fucking no. say he tried to hit him. He if didn't. he That's tried stupid. to hit him, he would have hit him. He, if he wanted to hit him, he would have. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, and then the, the I, yeah, so that, that, and then there's the, the people pulling up 10-year-old tweets dumb tweets that Bennington addressed in 2019 and said, I said some stupid stuff as a kid. It, I, I, you know, it's, it's behind me. I'm moving on. And that's, that, that was all of it. Nobody cares, but sure. You see him now. It's so, I mean, it is what it is. You stupid fans. We talked about it before. Avalanche yep. fans were insanely stupid, uh, all over the place, all over the internet, uh, in this series. Unbelievable. Um, far too often our four check and offensive zone time was non-existent. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, didn't have the puck near enough, and when we did, we turned it over and mismanaged it, and Colorado came right back into the zone, usually with speed. If we don't have the puck, that means Colorado does, and they're a terrible team to have that happen to against yep. you because it's, I mean, they're, they're one of the best teams in the NHL, and they will come at you hard and fast, and and you just can't give them the puck. I mean, to, if you want to slow them down, manage the puck well. Have the puck. That know, is how I know, you beat Colorado. You have to manage you, the puck. And they just that's how the you Blues puck it. management in this series was awful. Awful. When you play in men's league, when you play in men's league, the best the teams that manage the puck the best and pass the puck around the best, when you can't get it, pisses you off to no end, throws you off your game, and they and you end up losing to them. Yeah, we. Uh, I I, th- I don't know if I told this on the show or not, but uh, this past season on my men's league team, we had a goalie. Uh, our goalie couldn't play, and we couldn't find a sub. Put a guy in there who literally just started playing the, uh, within the last year. Just just left, learned to play, jumped in net, literally didn't even know how to hold a goalie stick. We had to show him, like, mm-hmm. a- in warm-ups how to actually hold the stick. 
Like, it was pretty bad. But what we did was we held on to the puck. Every time they entered the zone, we'd have two guys attack, get the puck, make them dump it in. We grab it, and we would just hold the puck and just pass it around, pass it around, pass it around. It pissed off the other team so bad they could not get the puck from us. They must have taken six or seven penalties in that game, and we took none. And we ended up winning the game like seven to two. And they were furious because they're like, guys, just shoot on this guy. And like, we just wouldn't let him. And, and, you know, easily just a stupid men's league story, but in a larger scale, that is how you win games. You control the puck, you control how the play goes and you're going to win most of the time. Uh, But the blues just did not do this at all in the series. Uh, not enough uh, high quality chances on a clearly rattled Darcy Kemper. Uh, he was letting in some soft goals, and we just didn't get to him enough. He was he was not good in this series, and not you know super frustrating. You had he's fighting it, letting in softies, and you can't get your game together enough to really pepper him or relentlessly pressure him for any length of time to give him a tough period uh, on the ice. It, j- it just didn't happen enough. And that was uh, that was frustrating because he was beatable and we just couldn't get to him enough. Um, all right. Uh, so we're going to take a break here. Uh, and on the other side of this break, we will talk about the off-season stuff, uh, starting with Kelly Rosen uh, and the uh, end-of-the-season interview. <laughs> Um, stuff with uh, uh, Doug Armstrong. Also, Jeff Ponder's six-point plan. It'll be great. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right. Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Uh, nice. That was a good that's, one. That was, that's great. That might have to be uh, saved and clipped. Yes. <laughs> Nice. Wow. That's something you find on like the wave depository. Ooh, beer can opening. Mm-hmm. Um, so some off season discussion we got going on. Uh, Kyle Rosen signed, resigned, uh, two year, two way deal, seven hundred and sixty two thousand five hundred dollar cap hit. Um, it, it, did you guys see the the response, the general response to this? Well, general response to Rosen before this deal. Um, I, and I don't know how you guys feel about Rosen in general. Maybe we disagree on him. Um, I like this. Uh, I, I like the depth, the organi- organizational depth signing. Uh, but some people uh, wanted to part ways with Rosen. What What are you guys' uh, thoughts on this? He He injured Jordan Bennington. How can we <laughs> sign him? <laughs> he injured Jordan Bennington. You say what now? He took his uh, job. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, no, I, I think it's I think it's a smart signing. The fact that it's a two way minimum minimum really minimum deal, it, not the league minimum, but seven fifty two way deal. He can you know play either place. 
I think it's smart, right? He, he at first, yeah, he was a bit of a whipping boy when he first got into the lineup, but once he got up to speed at the NHL game, he was effective. Why not have that guy for another year, another couple of years? Yeah, I, smart move. I, we talked about Robert Bortuzzo last week, uh, our last show, about how I, I like that deal. Um, you know, I and I like Rosen. I think if the Blue, I think honestly, if you have a better structured defense, um, again, I'm not a fan, so let's keep that in mind, but you have a better structured defense, you have a better top four. I think Callie Rosen could easily step in as a bottom five or six defenseman on this, on any team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, I think there's a lot of holes defensively, so he's going to get exposed. But I think if you play him right and you play him with the right people, he's a solid NHL defenseman. He does a fine job. He's a good puck mover. He's quick. He's smart. Um, yeah. Like Bill said early in the season, when they had to put him in just because of sap, uh, salary cap reasons. Uh, yeah, he did not. He looked very out of place. Uh, but I thought inserting him in the playoffs, like, you know, how many times in the playoffs did did we say, I'm sure you guys did the same thing watching the games. Ooh, that's a good play by Rosen. You know, like he, we always say defensemen like him, they're better when they're not noticeable. If you don't notice them, that means they're probably doing something right. But there were times where I'm like, that's a great play by Rosen. He played he, that perfect. And I, he's I got, love this deal for the Blues and for him. He's got some offensive instincts. And like you said, he's a good puck mover. Puck puck mover. Um yeah, I, I think that and that's a nice, you know, he's, he's not just a guy who um plays a, a, a decent game, a, a fine game in his own end. Uh I think he moves the puck well and he makes some uh, he pinches in the offensive zone when he should. Um gets involved. Yeah. I, I I like that with him. I, I'm I'm I, th- I think he's a, I mean, uh, he's not amazing, but I think for 762, I think it's a really good deal for him. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. You know, and, and you know, I I didn't like it when we uh, gave up Jake Wallman in the Nick Letty deal because I, I thought, you know, he was he was a solid 6-7 guy. But if you got a guy like Rosen that can fill in this easily. Mm-hmm. Not a bad deal, yeah, right? That deal's looking better and better. I mean, I, obviously, Nick Letty, very good chance he moves on. Um, mm. but, but, you know, it, for the run, for what it was, that's it was a, the that right was a, deal. That turned out to be the right deal for the Blues. It was a fantastic right. deal. Yeah. And, and Oscar Funkwist was in the arena for, for what, what game was it? Game uh, uh, four. Game four. Game four, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm so glad this show was not tearing apart the deal, you know, to, to get Letty. I, I, I like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the fact that we were all kind of like, um, okay, Letty helps the team. You know, that's, that's, that's good. It's not exactly what we wanted. Right. But uh, right. yeah, I mean, this is, this is, but, this is, Letty, Letty is far better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. And can you imagine had Krug not gotten injured in oh, the first God. round, like the the steady pairing, like being able to roll out the, a, a true top four, Jesus, that I I think we would have had a lot yeah. better chance, right? So and it just it's, injuries were such a bitch this postseason. Yeah. I mean, the two two key injuries, right? You, you lose you lose Bennington because of Rosen, and then you give Rosen the money. I don't get it. 
<laughs> but you lose Krug to that, you know, to to a freak play, right? You know, it was just a, a collision oh, where yeah. his knee, you know, knee went into the leg. Molly's going down. Not good. Uh, but, man, you know, that, but that's the breaks you need, right? 2019 was the year that that didn't happen to us. Yep. And, you know. So who knows? Tomorrow night, Nathan McKinnon might come across a blue line and run into Darnell Nurse's shoulder. You know, you I don't know. I'm Rosen not one to normally. Push him, though. I'm I'm not. Well, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I'm not one to normally call out somebody's uh, typo, only if it's funny. So uh, Derek oh, has yeah, a typo is- here. Uh, do we like Rosen more than Walmart? He means woman. <laughs> yeah. um, I do I, like Rosen more than Walmart. I really do. I do not. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, but, I like Walmart in a in a way, but I hate Walmart at the same time. It's a love-hate relationship I have yeah. with that store. I do yeah, love Walmart because they're open late, and most of the time I realize I need something, it's right before bed. That's the reason I love Walmart. But soon, Kurt, but soon. We will have to say, do do you hate Walmart or Meyer more? Meyer, do you know that Meyer is moving in? They took Menard's spot as that's the right. Tenant. I I heard Menard's was uh yeah not which is good. There's a fucking yeah. Lowe's and Home right. Depot right there already. Right, we yeah. don't need to save Somewhere. big money it's half a mile no. from Home Depot and Lowe's. Right, <laughs> no, we don't need. I was that. looking, I was looking forward to saving big money though. I I heard you can save big money there. Yeah, eleven percent. Um, <laughs> but you got to bail and rebate every time. You know, it just yeah, sucks. I, I don't, I don't do that. Um, all right, so uh, end of the season interview uh, day was uh, Tuesday. Uh, Bennington's thoughts on the collision with Kadri. This made some waves because I guess because Bennington was just being honest um, and just kind of said what we already knew. But apparently, you know, as fans were all butthurt about this again, um, Bennington said it's a physical sport. It's playoff time, and he's going to go to the net hard, talking about Kadri, and that's how it goes. Uh, I don't think he intentionally was trying to do what he did to me uh, for me to get injured, but I think he knows how to play hard, how to go to the net, and it happens in this sport. So for me, it is what it is. I just have to kind of deal with it. And Bennington was uh, wearing a brace on his left knee and confirmed he won't need surgery. He said the knee is going to do all, going to be all right, uh, and uh, the time off allowed to heal properly. He wouldn't say whether he would have been able to play in the Western Conference final if the Blues had advanced. Yeah, and I, so. I actually, again, we'll talk about water bottle gate here in a minute. But um, with this, uh, and this bleeds into him talking about the water bottle, I love his honesty here. Um, I really do feel like he's being honest. Like, yeah, he was clearly pissed at Kadri for what he did. We all know that I, I agree with him. He didn't intentionally hurt him. But he was intentionally trying to crash the net and sure. maybe try and, and get a reaction out of Bennington. Uh, so for him Good to players do. basically say that here, I love it. I love the honesty from Bennington here. It's what players do. Players crash the net. And given the opportunity, those players that go to the dirty areas and get a little more physical in front, given the opportunity... They're gonna they're gonna hit the goalie. They're gonna I mean if they get hit, they're gonna fall into the goalie. Kiprios did it on Fjord, 
And he admitted that he did it on purpose. Players do it on purpose to knock the goalie, to rattle the goalie, get under their skin, get them mm. thinking about the traffic in front, you know, try and knock them off their game. That's what players do. Anybody who doesn't understand that and thinks, oh, no, you know, Rosen pushed Kadri in there. Yeah, he didn't want to try and try to minute. He wasn't even aiming towards him. He wasn't going, bullshit. He crashed the net, and he was like, hey, I'm going to crash the net. If I hit him, I hit him. I don't care. I'm just tra- I'm crashing the net. Contact be damned. That's what. That's exactly what is going through his mind. I'm, I think I'm his thought him. is the same way that the same thought that every single player, when they're playing against a goalie on a heater, whether it's men's league, whether it's uh, uh, juniors, whether it's NHL, whatever, we all talk about this on the bench. Goalie's playing really well. What does everyone say to each other? Oh, let's try and crash the him. net. Crash, crash the, the net, net. Get him off his game. Rattle him. And that's exactly, yeah. I think, what Kadri was doing. It's just because of his history. It's like, God damn it, dude. You never learn, do you? But again, I said this at the time uh, on the show. I think I uh, was with Vanessa, the, the co-hosted. I, if that's McKinnon, if that's uh, McCarr, yeah, I'm pissed, but I'm not like that fucker does this all the time. You know, like if it was them, okay, I'm pissed, yeah. you asshole. It, but with Kadri, it's like, dude, this is well, your game, and it's so fucking annoying. I, I'm not even. I, I'm not even saying that he deserved to be suspended for this. I, oh, I don't no. think it's a suspendable play at all. I'm not even saying it's a dirty play. I'm saying this is hockey, and anybody that doesn't think Kadri went in there welcoming contact is oblivious to how hockey works. Mm-hmm. This is just part of the game, and I'm not. You know, I'm not saying it was dirty. I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. I'm just. I what irritates me about that whole play is the sheer ambivalence. Uh, the ignorance that 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 Avs fans have uh, about this play, thinking that Kadri is some angel uh, on this play when he is absolutely not. He knew what he was doing. He went to the net and he, he very well could have made contact with Bennington. It's, he didn't care if he did or not. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to avoid contact there at all. Um, so Bennington and the water bottle gate story. Uh, Cod, so this is um, Kadri was smiling, laughing in the interview, and Bennington was there in a knee brace walking by. And Bennington said, I felt like it was a God-given opportunity uh, to throw that water bottle. Uh, empty water bottle, he said. Landed like two feet from Kadri, Bennington said. Um, and I, <laughs> the fact that such a huge deal was made out of this little tiny water, empty water bottle that didn't even hit Kadri. Um, it's not like he reared back and threw it as hard as he could and it, and it smashed the wall above his face and then this water went everywhere on TV. You know, it was a <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, if that's a full water bottle and he throws it at him, and it, that's, and it hits that him, that's shitty as hell. Even if it doesn't it hit, hit him, even no. if it doesn't, because he's still trying to hit him, I'd be like, "That's shitty, man. What are you doing?" And I agree, he shouldn't have done it at all. I don't think anyone in St. Louis <clears> can argue that. But <throat> to make it a fucking federal you know case, to just be like, "Ah, oh, what the hell? What?" And then for him to okay, there are things that people are saying. I felt like it was a God given opportunity. Have you seen the people make this into a racist thing? Well, your mm-hmm. God may be saying that, but Cadre's isn't. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That to me now, now I'm not trying to put words in Bennington's mouth, but to me, quote unquote, God given opportunity. That is a colloquialism. 
That is not something where he was like, God was speaking to me to throw this This, water bottle. It's a phrase people use. Right. He could have just said the fates aligned and I had the opportunity and I took it. Right. Same exactly what that same sentiment. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't matter what he said. It's people wanting to hate on Jordan Bennington for whatever reason possible. And they'll take the water bottle and and, and hate on him because of that. And they'll take his words and hate on him because of that. Um, I I personally, and this is this, I know this may, (laughs) you guys may think less of me. I'm, I'm glad he threw the fucking empty water bottle (laughs) at Kadri. Do you know what I did one time? And Bill may remember this. I don't know. Took Uh, a slap shot at Bill's head. Nope. Nope. Uh, we were trailing. We pulled the we we pulled the goalie. We're trailing. Uh, other team gets the puck, skates to center. I'm on the bench. I take my glove and I chuck it at the guy as he's skating across center. I throw it at him, uh, and I just missed him. You know, like like the water bottle. But I'm like, I didn't give a fuck. You know, we we lost this game. They're gonna put it in the end. The game's over. I threw my glove out there. <laughs> I was pissed. You know, like, who gives a shit? Well, the game is over. I threw a glove. Is it childish? Yeah, it really was. Am I proud of it? I think it's funny. I'm not really proud of it, but I think it's funny. Um, Did it make it, you what, feel better? Um, A little bit. And I have the story today. But was it right. was, was what Bennington did childish? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to any of the chirping that goes on nonstop in a hockey game. It's all fucking childish <clears throat> bullshit. Oh, um, yeah. There, there is so much childish bullshit that goes on during a game that, that fans may not even know about, and they're going to throw a fucking stink about an empty water bottle that lands two feet from Kadri. What do you think Bobby Plager would have said? What if somebody, what if a player, you know, after the game comes over to Plager when he was still around and says, hey, one of those guys just threw an empty water bottle at me after the game, almost hit me. And Plager's like, so who gives a fuck? You know, yeah, go beat right. the shit out of him if you don't like it. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, wait who, till next who game. Cares? Remember who it was. Yeah, old time hockey, and you're gonna fucking complain about an empty water bottle. Who's gonna Who's gonna? I well, mean, still fucking thing, soft. The thing it's that a, pissed so, me so, off. Anybody upset about that is so fucking soft. It's pathetic. The thing that really pissed me off about the people bitching. I mean, if you look at like Rutherford's tweet about this, or the video of it, the I think the Blues might have posted it. I can't remember. But like all the fucking baby Avalanche fans are like. Oh, he's a toddler. He's a crybaby. Oh, why would he do this? And I'm like, he is literally, again, like I said, telling the truth. He's He right. easily could have just been like, no comment, or I didn't throw that. <laughs> no, that <laughs> wasn't me. Yeah. You know? Like, no. what do you want? What do you want You saw him? how the no like, comment You saw how no he, comment went with Ruben. Exactly. Oh, hey, that's but I'm right. saying, like, that too. he right. literally could There's have just nothing... been like, I'm, I didn't do it. <laughs> And then what? Then it's the same thing. It's it's you're fucked if you do, and you're fucked if you don't. Like, you can't no tell the what truth. He does. Right. He is going to get in trouble by stupid, dumb hockey fans who don't understand how emotion plays into the sport. Right, Kadri and the 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 vocal segment of the Avalanche fans around this incident came off as whiny little bitches. Yep. Oh, yeah. Soft that's, that's whiny it. bitches. Yep. It was a fucking <laughs> empty water bottle that didn't even hit right. him. And, and I'll the say, one thing, God. Go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, the one thing that I take away from this is that, you know, Bennington's living in Kadri's head a little bit rent-free right now. 
So Benny can't wait, Wednesday. can't wait till next season. And I, I can't agree more with, with Ken uh, in the YouTube says, I love Bennington's fire. He adds color and character to the game. Definitely can't argue. He adds character to this game. You know, when you think and about I'll say, like, always like Hextall, like you look back at Hextall, mm-hmm. Billy Smith, you know, real, mm-hmm. real good. Patrick Waugh, really good uh, character goalies in the game. Right. And you think right. back on that era of goalies, like, oh, you think back of it fondly, even though there was a bunch of fights and hits and, 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 and borderline stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Ron Hextall but, but, and Kent Nilsson. But you look back on it, you're thinking, man, that was great. You know, that's, that's, that's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fun fan stuff. And then right. now we're it, fucking defending a fucking empty water bottle being tossed. Right. I will, I will repeat what I said uh, when I had Vanessa on, because I know you guys might not have heard this part. But all that I said was I'm like, I, you know, for people who are calling for a suspension and then the idiot, the absolute fucking moron avalanche reporter who brought race into it. Sorry, that yeah. that to me makes you a rate of uh, uh, race baiting idiot and not sure, being right. a racist. Sure. But yeah. aside from that, uh, I could see the NHL and I would be perfectly fine with this. If they just had a representative call Bennington the next day or, or same day, whatever, and just say, Hey man, come on. You know, you can't do that. Don't do that again. Please don't, don't make us take action. Don't make us do anything about it. Just please don't do it again. That is the type of response that should come from that. Not, Oh God! Oh, the NHL needs to review this and get involved. And no, a simple oh, phone yeah. call. Don't that do it, man. So... That's not a good idea. Just don't do it. Surely the NF- NHL is going to look at this. I'm like, what the? F- oh, yeah, unbelievable. Right. <clears throat> yeah, the NHL had to come out and say that they did review it. Right. I think they told Rutherford had... like, well, they had to come out yeah. and say like, yeah, we looked into it, and you know, it, there was no further and, discipline. You know Accusation. that the league was just like, are you fucking kidding me? We really had to put out a statement like this? Accusations right. of race, yeah. You have to look into it, but this bullshit. Right. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, you know, the race thing aside, if I'm Jordan Biddington, I'm lamenting the fact of the era that I'm playing in right now. Right. Yeah. I'm I am getting called, you know, a, an asshole and a bully for throwing a fucking water bottle. Empty point, Jeff, water bottle. Empty, empty water bottle. Ron Hextall, eight game suspension into the following season for a two handed slash on Kent Nilsson of yeah, yeah. the Oilers in 87, right? Patrick Waugh, eight game suspension for slashing Warren Babe of the Minnesota North Stars in 91, I think it was. 90, 91. Was, did Billy Smith ever get uh, suspended? Uh, he, I don't, he fought a lot of people, <laughs> right? I'm no, sure he, he did. But but it was right. It, it, you know, I think by the early '90s, the the tide was turning, probably because of Hextall. Um, but you know, it, Bennington is that has that fire, right? Has that tenacity and and that desire to mix it up that just you know doesn't exist a lot in goaltenders anymore. And he's in an era where nobody's going to engage him, right? He's got Philip Grubauer or um, uh, Devin Dubnik at the other end of the ice that won't Dubnik, engage, yeah. right? Oh, D- Philip Grubauer yeah. will gladly engage him on Instagram. Fuck Dubnik, right. too. 
he had every opportunity to fight Bennington. Yeah. Bennington was like, let's right. go. And, and Dubnik's like, well, I'm I'm standing on my goal. What do I want to do? I can't leave my grease. Right. Right. I'm <laughs> I'm like six much. foot I'm six foot twelve and you know, two hundred and seventy <laughs> pounds. You're six five. I'm not, you're gonna beat my ass. I, I hate You know what Kadri should have you know what Kadri should have done when Bennington <laughs> waved his stick at him? Kadri should have said, Let's go, drop the glove, let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. He should have. I would have I would have been like, Good, do that. And then Bennington, what's he gonna do? Then we'll see. If if Bennington pushes out, then you got a gripe as far as him you know, starting shit without backing it up. But until somebody challenges him on it, you know, this, I mean. This this leads me to a question I wanted to ask you guys tonight. Do you think game one against Colorado, whenever they play him next season, Bennington, do you see him trying to drop him with Kadri? No. Uh, I, I think somebody I think, will. Be. I think we, well, I, I think Shen will, right? Shen's, Shen's the guy on this team that does that. He, he proved it this year. Um and you know what I, should be- I think I think I think you see more antics like like with Bennington waving the stick. I don't think anybody in Colorado is going to engage him. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I I think they should go after Kadri and not not dirty, you know, fight, try and fight him. And then the next period, try and fucking fight him again. And third period, try and fucking fight him again. I don't care about the game. I don't care who wins the game. Yeah. Because he, he I yeah. mean taking out Falk two playoffs ago and then taking out Bennington this season, fuck him. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you, you got to answer that shit. You, you can't right. play that and way then, around the net. You can't play reckless and not answer to it. And he, and Shen tried right. to make him answer the bell and he wouldn't do it in the playoffs. Well, so and he Perron fucking and so turtled. Yeah. Right. He yeah. turtled when Perron, yeah. David fucking Perron. He's not a yeah. tough guy at all. He yeah. fucking cadre turtled when Perron jumped at him. Somebody Pathetic. needs to put him through the glass. But I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, anybody, uh, uh, you know, McSorleyum or anything. I'm saying fight the guy and pound and fight, bash his fucking face in with your fist. That's that's what yeah. needs to happen to this guy. I Hit mean, him a little harder. Got, I mean, easier said than done because you just didn't have to do it. I don't care. I don't care if you get a couple game suspension. I think the team. I don't think the team would care at all uh, if somebody, uh, you know, ripped his uh, uh, helmet off and, and pounded on him when he's, when he's turtling. I don't care at all. I, I I think he deserves that because he's just a. That's just what he's done to this team, uh, the last two playoffs. He's got an answer to it. Uh, hockey code says so. Yep. Well, and again, the NHL yeah. isn't doing anything. You know, I know that they get suspended what eight games against Falk, but how many times has that dude been suspended? And you're only laying out an eight game suspension Ten for that times. hit. Ten times. Dude should no. dude should have gotten twenty to thirty games for that hit. And I, I disagree with that. I think I think ten games max. For the hit on Falk, I'm fine with but that too. I, I think I thought I eight playoff games is a lot. That's a like guy, 16 regular right, season, right? For a guy like him, it has to continue to be progressive, right? And this sure. year, you know, this year it's you know there's enough gray area that yeah, he's not going to get suspended, but the Blues have to make him answer the bell next year, right? Yeah. He wouldn't do it during the playoffs. Got to make him do it next year. Uh, Unlike broke Mark Stone, right? Mark Stone's yeah, never yeah. fucking paid a price. Uh, Shen broke uh, ribs on three separate occasions. Uh, this was found out during the interviews. Uh, the last time was on April 21st in San Jose, forcing him to set the last four games of the regular season. Uh, Shen said he was in San Jose on the last one, and it didn't. I didn't have the puck, and Brent Birds drove his elbow and his forearm into the back of my ribs and broke them. Shen said, uh, you sit out. Uh, you sit out time and you kind of get as healthy as possible in the playoffs. 
It's the reality of the sport, and I'm the only, I'm not the only guy banged up in the playoffs. So, again, we touched on that earlier, but we knew it was something with Shen. Yep. Uh, Krug, uh, we, uh, Brube on Krug. Um, if it was up to Krug, he'd have played in game six. If it, uh, it was a tough call for Brube, uh, he said, yeah, with his injury and with Marco Scandella's injury, I didn't want to go 7D. It was tough. He was ready. He could have played probably, but I didn't think it was worth it at the time. Power play, maybe it would have been. It's a tough call, uh, but if we got past that game, he would have been in game seven. So that's that was interesting Super. to me. I, Super yeah, we, close we, for Krug. Yeah, and we knew he was skating, which was kind of a surprise to some, I guess. But uh, um, hearing he would have been in Game Seven, that's you know, that's encouraging. It's not that serious. So uh, now, okay, so Jeff, you've been touting this six-point plan you have for the Blues. This offseason. I have. Yeah. So has so, it grown so to seven uh, yet? I, I it is I, not. I, well, I can't. <laughs> Okay, you know what? Before I, because guys, I want to say, if you're watching the video, uh, you are in for a treat. I've got a graphic to go with this. I'm watching Uh, the video. I I will say it should be a seven-point plan because there is one thing I did not include that I think needs to happen. David Perron needs to be re-signed. So I did not include that in this, but I think that that's pretty clear that needs to happen. Okay, thoughts Uh, and views of Jeff Ponder do not, uh, are not endorsed by Let's Go Booze Radio. Okay, oh, good. so you do, do you disagree <laughs> with that? I no 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 no. I know I'm I'm just I'm just, it's a blanket statement for what all you're gonna say, and we'll go back to it. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, go ahead. Well, here is here is uh, Ponder's six point plan, and uh, keep in mind this is less of a plan, more of a wish list. But just because for fun, I'm gonna call it my plan. It's a PowerPoint presentation. Very nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Ponder's six-point plan. First, you sign Billy Huso to a bridge deal, and you trade him at the 2022 NHL draft. Are we we talking these one at a time, or are we going to read them all, and then we'll talk about it? No, I'll I'll talk a couple at a time here. Number two, trade Colton Pareko before his no-trade clause kicks in on July 1st. So basically before his contract kicks in, which I know is – Uncommon, but again, this is more a wish list than a plan. Number three, and this is one that's going to draw a lot of ire, I think, trade Vladimir Tarasenko. And number four, and this is where we'll pause for a second, trade for Jacob Chikrin. And the reason I pause there is because there's potential you could combine points one, two, three, and four. So basically, get Jacob Chikrin, find a way to get rid of Huso, Pareko, and Tarasenko, cleans up some cap space. I think if you get Chikrin, I like him, honestly. And and I was against Chikrin coming here, honestly. But if you could find a way to move Pareko and bring in Chikrin, I actually like that better for this defense. What do you guys think so far? Uh, I've been playing a bit much of NHL with the rules turned off. <laughs> this is <laughs> NHL GM mode for sure. Um. <laughs> I'm not okay. Um, I actually uh, was thinking about the Blues signing Huso and then maybe trading him at the deadline. You know, playing a season and trading the deadline, but that wouldn't help necessarily for the season uh, as far as who would, re- would get for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think you have a hell of a time trading Preco. Even, I mean, I, I know I think, teams. I know teams. I, I know teams buyers. would like him. 
Oh, oh, I, 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 I guarantee you teams would love to have him, but that eight year contract, that's a lot for a team to take on. That's a long time. Yeah. It's, it's a long time, but six and a half million. I know. I know. He's, I mean, he's the cap's the right only going to go up. Right. He's the right. Well, potentially. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. sure, as long as we don't have another freaking pandemic. Well, recession's coming, but you know. That's true. Uh, all right. So we'll keep moving. Number five, and this is one that's probably. Well, hold, on, hold, um, hold on. Sorry. 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 Oh, sorry. Uh, you said, uh, talking about number three, trade Tarasenko. Uh, he has a no trade clause too, though. Yeah, but I think he proved before he'd be willing to try and move it. Now, he's probably not getting moved to Arizona, but maybe well, you move him and, and make a good lateral he, move to bring in somebody else. Yeah, but I think he, I mean, he wants to stay now. So if he has, yeah. I mean, there's that. Well, maybe that doesn't happen mm. then. This yeah, is, yeah. like well, I said, more a wish list than a Okay, point. okay, right. okay. Uh, so yeah. number five, and the only reason I say trade Tarasenko, even though I think he had a, a rough playoff, is Gallery. more just let's get a new voice in the room. I feel like this this team it's it's not working lately. Ever since the, they won the cup in nineteen, I'd like to see them make some some fairly significant lateral moves to try and and bring in some new faces into the roster. So number five, uh, I think if you can. Now, this discussion can obviously go very sideways. You re-sign Nick Letty, but only if you can get him at a low dollar amount in a low year. So maybe he signs for $4 million, but it's only for two years. You know, um, I'm fine with that. But, if, but you know, if he's asking for a five-year deal at, at five-plus, absolutely not. You know, that, that has Scandella written all over it. I think that's something that could be good for the Blues if you can get him for just a couple of years, a bridge-type deal, until some of the younger guys are ready and Perunovic is ready for full-time minutes. Um, but what do you guys think about bringing back Nick Letty? I think it makes sense if you can get rid of Scandella. Yeah. Yeah. I And we talked about what Letty, what his actual salary is this year, right? Or this past season? $7 million? Yeah. He yeah, seven million. He makes seven he made seven million last season. Um so I, I'm not sure exactly how much he would be signing for. It can't be anywhere close to right. uh that. Right. He he agreed to fill like to help Detroit get to the floor basically with that deal he made last year. Yeah. So number six sign it and this is the one that is like really fantasy type shit. So, again, you're trading Tarasenko, so you need to find a way to, to kind of pick up that production, sign, and then obviously possibly trade for with if there's a couple RFA names in here. Evgeny Malkin, Claude Giroux, Patrick Laine, Johnny Gaudreau, or Matthew Kachuk. Uh, at least one of those guys. Bring them in, and well, obviously Matthew Kachuk would be the big haul for this team. I don't think that's going to happen. I could see more of a Johnny Gaudreau being brought in. Matthew Kachuk is an RFA, so they'd have to trade for his rights or sign him and deal with losing a bunch of draft picks. Well, well, yeah, well, they have to offer sheet him because he's an RFA. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Yeah. right. Um, That'd be a mess because, yeah, they would lose a ton of draft picks because he's going to get like nine million. Yeah, he's going to get a max deal, basically. So The, the only I mean, way you're going to pull him out of Calgary is if you overpay for him. 
I don't know. Well, if, uh, well, yeah, if because of Calgary, not because of him. I'm not sure right. he would hold the Blues' feet to the fire for salary necessarily. Uh, granted, this would be his big, his first big contract too, though, so I'm sure he wants to cash in. Um, I'd love to see him here. Man, I'd love to make that work. I don't think it's going to work. I'd love to so do either. it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I could every... see more of a Claude Giroux, which that's that's a little bit on the older side. Although he's only I think thirty two, yeah. but like I yeah. could see more of a Giroux, <laughs> even a Line A or a Gaudreau. But um, yeah. I I think your biggest get there, a most possible get, is Johnny Gaudreau. He's the one that probably would fit the best. Yeah, but I I, I don't know. I I get the impression that him to Philly is pretty well going to be what happens right philly philly's got the cap room now that they've unloaded everybody he's you know he's a jersey kid it makes sense i'd love to see him in a, in a blues uniform right that that would be a coup for the blues to get him i just don't see it happening i think he's gonna break the bank i think he's he's gonna get max cap that the blues can't give i i i mean out of all the players i I mean, aside from attitude issues, I think Line is the guy to get. But I just, you know, his his desire to play is is in question. So you'd have to find a coach that you know would basically tell, like, allow him to manage the game he wants to manage. That's the only way you're going to get him to be the type of player you know he can be. But the issue with that is the Blues have a very good system with Barubi uh, as the head coach, and I. I don't know. I just don't see him basically changing his play style again to fit Baruby's system. I, I agree with you, though. As far as a sniper goes, holy shit, yeah. I'd love to have his ability on this team. I just yeah. don't think he fits the system well. Yeah, I see yeah. more more him more as a Brett Hull than a Tamu Solani in, in terms of you know where he fits in historically. And Hull didn't learn the defensive side of the game until he left St. Louis. Line is, you know, now a stop in Columbus, which, you know, they're not going anywhere right now. Bring him here, you know, for the right price, okay. I I, I still tend to like our upside with Kyra and Thomas better than I like bringing in a guy like Line. I don't think he's he's slid far enough that that the risk is going to be worth it. Um, I do like the chicken idea. I'm on board with that. If, I mean, I've part of me wants to stick it out with Pareko. Um, but, uh, if you can move him and get chicken, that'd be, I'd be, I'd be willing to try something different. Yeah. And that's, that's again, when I, when we were talking about chicken earlier in the year, my thought was you've already got plenty of chicken on this team. You don't need another one. But if you move Pareko and you basically yeah. flop him out for Chikrin, I think that, again, just to just to have a different face as your number one defenseman, a, a different play style to a certain extent, and a guy who I think can handle the minutes, um, I would love to see something like that. It's just easier said than making, done. There's going to be 29 yeah. other teams going after him. Yeah, and he's making $2 million less than Pareko, too. So it's going to yeah. take... Uh, I mean, who? That's interesting because I think, uh, like we talked about, Pareko is highly re- regarded um, mm-hmm. across the NHL, and I not by I Craig, think, but uh, 
Not by yeah, but it's funny because every time you you hear a, a, an opposing team's broadcast, they praise the guy. Yep, you know, it, and 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 the the broadcast crew, the any uh, uh like TNT guys or the intermission shows, you know, uh, always uh always praising Pareko's abilities, which he I mean, which he does. He has sky high abilities. It's just we see him every game and we see the frustrations. Uh, he frustrates fans by his inconsistency. As a, again, as a two to four defenseman. He's it's hard to find it's hard to find a better two to four defenseman in the NHL. It's just right now on this team, he functions as the number one and it's just not the right role for him. Right. And I I feel like we're getting to the point of, you know, we we think we've seen everything he's got to give in this uniform might be a change of scenery situation would be better for him and better for us it's it's not it's not just you it's me yeah but <laughs> I, I i think i think it's time you know i i, I think we've tired of it of waiting to see him become who he's not going to become and let him go somewhere else yeah i think bring, he like i said before i think he, he needs not. to change it he needs to change his style to to reach his full potential and i don't think he's yeah. going to do that Right. Uh, right. And unless, unless you can convince Chris Pronger to become, you know, his, you know, his guru, right. But yeah, you make them just be together though. Always yeah. so that Pronger that, rubs off on him somehow. I don't, I don't know. I just, that's yeah. something too. That's not, I mean, that's not even really something that's taught because Pronger, has said a number of times that, that his style of play, it's just how he's always played. It's how he knew how to play the game. And it's just in right. him. That's how he right. plays. That's he he's suspended out of the league at this point in time, right? Yeah, he, right. he could not survive right. in this day right. and age. Right. Just um, O'Reilly uh, has one year left and wants to stay. Uh, contract extension talks will start this summer. Probably uh, he has the same agency as Petrangelo, which is Newport. Uh, Blues want to handle the situation better than the last time. He uh, really struggled uh, recovering from COVID. That came out uh, earlier in the season. He didn't have the jump or the stamina for over 20 games because of COVID. And that was yeah, something it, I think a lot of people discussed. It was pretty apparent when you saw his him come back. Because I thought he started yeah. off the season great. But yeah. then when he came back, he just was not the same guy. And it took yeah. a long time to see him get his stamina back. Right. And with as much as he gave in the playoffs, Jesus, you do not. If you have the guy telling you he wants to stay here, you make that happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, in especially, especially in wake of watching Petrangelo go right. That, that whole situation, you know, it, we're we're sitting here tonight lamenting that we have Pareko instead of Petrangelo, and you, you can't let that happen again. You can't let Ryan O'Reilly go. There's not a chance he doesn't resign here. I, not a, not a doubt in my mind he's going to resign. They'll resign him. I actually agree, which yeah. is surprising because I normally don't feel confident with players definitely returning. I just feel yeah. like. With all he's been through in his career, you know, the, 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 the situation in Buffalo, the the animosity he had in Colorado, he's found his home here in St. Louis, and he's yeah. more than happy. He's captain. He lo- seems to love his teammates, love the city. I think he will gladly sign any reasonable deal that's put in front of him. So I, I'm with you. I think he sticks around, and 
Uh, and honestly, like, and I, I know that people probably say this about other players all the time, and it's never true. I feel like as he gets older, as long as you're not signing him to a ridiculous, you know, like seven, like give him basically the same contract he has now, as long as you're not doing that, um, I think he's still going to be effective as he gets older. I, he's not going to be your top line center. You're maybe even, you're not even your number two. But he's, I think he's still going to have that strong defensive side of his game. He's yeah. going to be a great penalty killer, great back checker, great leader. I think that as he gets older, he's still going to have a lot of the same greatness that he has now. He, he he does what he does now without speed, too. So, I mean, with with age, you slow down. I think, and and a lot of his uh, a lot of a lot of his play, like you said, is derived from his defensive game. So, and your defensive game as a forward is one of those things where it kind of sticks with you longer as you get older. You, you remain effectively defensively. Um, so, hopefully, that you know, that will maintain for him. Yeah, right. I think- uh, look at how. I was going to say, look how effective he was against McKinnon in yeah. this mm-hmm. this series, right? McKinnon had one good game in this series, and that's because they got away from the matchup most of the time, and O'Reilly wasn't on his game the rest of the time. You know, it he's if he can continue to play at that level while still slowing down, being able to be a shutdown guy, yet contribute offensively throughout the playoffs, no brainer. He should retire a blue. Well, and he doesn't play a, like, you know, you think about David Backus as a defensive center. He played a mm-hmm. very physical game. That's going right. to grind you down a lot faster. Ryan O'Reilly, like, yeah, he's he's physical to a uh, a, a legal sense, but he's not throwing his body around like right. Ar- Ivan Barbashev does. You know, like, he's, he's making the smart play rather than putting right. himself in danger. And I think we're going to continue to see that, and and you can have a long career if you play that way. Right. His his dedication, his training. No player that I have ever witnessed in my you know forty five years of fandom has come close to what he puts in day in and day out. And if he can continue to do that, it, it his his contributions will just will be immeasurable. Um, you know, I, I, he's, he's the kind of guy that everybody says you want him to be the role model, but nobody can live up to that. Just let him be him. Let him be the captain. He leads very well. Don't expect everybody to follow that example, but Jesus, keep the guy here, right? He's, he is so effective at what he does and he's such a heady player, probably the, the most intelligent mind when it comes to the defensive side of the puck for a centerman that, that I've seen, um, he hasn't won a lot of Selkies, right? Bergeron, he's playing in the era of Patrice Bergeron, but Jesus, he's so good. Uh, Jason Smith in the uh, YouTube chat says, uh, I ripped, I assume he's a Colorado fan. I ripped yes, Kadri last, yeah. Yeah. I, I ripped a uh, Kadri last playoffs, but almost no one outside of Missouri thought this was an intentional play uh Perron was far more cowardly and dirty than anybody this series but Kadri probably won't be back can't afford him um I don't think uh anybody is saying that well most people aren't saying that Kadri intentionally injured Bennington I think Bennington Bennington said that himself he, he didn't think that he hurt him on purpose what we've been ten, what we've said and what we continue to say and what is honestly is the truth is that Kadri crashed the net, 
doesn't care if he makes contact or not. He's crashing the net, and if he makes contact, he makes contact. He's there to disrupt the play, to score a goal. He's trying to score a goal. And if he hits Bennington, he hits Bennington. He doesn't care. Uh, if he hits him, he, he's going to try and throw him off his game. That's just you, goalies get bumped. Players do it on purpose. Um, or they don't care if they bump into him. They're going to go after the puck. Eh, I'm going to the puck. If I hit the goalie, I hit the goalie. I don't care. That, that's not that's not me saying that 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 Kadri intentionally uh, injured Bennington. That's just me saying Kadri's being aggressive, crashing the net, and just doing what players do, and that's being aggressive. And I'm not saying he should be suspended. I'm just saying that he is not an angel because he more than welcomed contact with Bennington. More than welcomed it. He didn't care if he hit him or not. wasn't trying to avoid anything. Well, I think the other part of it, too, is the fact that he lied afterward and said he was pushed yes. into him. And it's like, that, that dude, didn't just all. admit you were crashing yeah. the net and you had contact yeah. with the goalie. Don't blame the Blues defenseman when video evidence clearly shows that was not the case. Yeah, and, and all it took was Kadri to say that, that he was pushed. And that's all I've heard from 90% of Avs fans online was that Kadri was pushed. I'm like, <laughs> Rosen was be Kadri's behind Rosen. <laughs> it, how I mean, you Rosen's not gonna. You, you it's just a lie. So anyway, uh, thanks for uh, the comment, Jason. Uh, I didn't read this up. McDavid MVP. One player that I see put in more work than any other player I've ever seen is Kale McCarr. He is inhuman. Uh, he is a fantastic player. Um, I wouldn't yeah, say I, I fucking I, hate him to, for being so good. He's that type of J- player. But Jason said earlier too about the prom was far more cowardly and dirty. Was this because of the cross check and and jumping on top of him, Kadri? Uh, that's, that's that's really that, riled up Ravs fans. So that that's far yeah. more dirty and, and than anything else that happened in the series. It's far more dirty than, I mean, to me, yeah, that's a, that's a play. That's a penalty. Throw him in the box. That's a penalty. Right. But it had nothing on what Jared Spurgeon did to Pavel Bushnevich right. in round one. That is a four-game right. suspension, but now, not even a two-minute penalty. Not so. even. Yeah. That, yeah. So, I mean, what Perron, Perron lost is cool, uh, and yeah, the Avs got a power play out of it. And they got a goal, too. And they so, basic, yeah, yeah, they basically scored on that power play. Yeah. So, well, it was I mean, a five-on-three because Bushneva also got a penalty right. on the same play. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I think, you know, what Perron Kadri did Turtle. was... Yeah, what Perron did was uh, a penalty, and he got a penalty for it, and the Avs scored. <clears throat> Score settled. I mean, I don't know why Avs fans are upset about that. I mean, they, they took advantage of the power play. They scored. Uh, Perron got a penalty when he, he deserved to. What's the big... What's the problem? It wasn't. I mean, he cross-checked him in the back, knocked him down, and jumped on top of him. Yeah, I mean, it was. It can now. It's not out of the blue either, because Kadri had just taken out Bennington, who was performing better than any other goalie in the playoffs. So the team is rightfully pissed off, bad. So something was going to happen. Kadri was going to have something happen to him, and he's lucky. The, you know, he didn't get destroyed. The uh, I think he will next season. I think we'll see that, but. But that's only time will tell. We'll see what he. We'll even see what team he's on. He might not even be on Colorado. Uh, right. The Meeker Jason, says, right, "Oh yeah, yeah, say, he did. He did say that. Yeah, they can't afford him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the Meeker, uh, I think, has our comment of the show, folks. Again, if you are new to the show and you're wondering what you win for comment of the show, the answer is nothing. Uh, but our Meeker, respect. But our respect." Uh, the Meeker says Rosen and his go-go gadget arms. 
<laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. So uh, we talked about Tarasenko earlier. Uh, don't have to talk about him much anymore. Uh, I uh, he. Armstrong was asked whether Tarasenko would be on the Blues roster next season. He replied, I'm not concerned about Vladdy for next year at all. So read into that with what you will. So let me ask you guys, uh, if you if if the Blues are like, let's say, playoff bubble, they're almost in or they're almost out or they're way out of the playoffs come trade deadline time, which I don't think it's going to happen. Do the Blues move him? If they're out of the playoffs? like well If out? they're out of the playoffs, I think so. Okay, what yeah, about if they're yeah, a bubble yeah. team? I, well, well, what if they're like right at the wild card? Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think if they're if they're out, the you know you probably got a seventy five percent chance of moving them. If they're a bubble team, I think it's closer to forty percent. Mm. I, I, I don't think that that you move on from from a thirty goal score, right? Maybe if maybe if they have a a thought that you know he's injured again, move on, but. Otherwise, I think he's gonna. He should stay here. Uh, Jason Smith uh, said uh, Spurgeon has no history. Is uh, Lady Bing finalist, but literally tried to break one of your guys' legs. I'd be far more pissed he didn't get suspended. Uh, history matters, but so should intent, regardless of history. History matters in the case of Spurgeon, but not in the case of Kadri. Just saying. Well, because again, because if you're right, because Cod, if you're right. if you're assuming there's no intent with Kadri, but history should matter, then right? I mean, he's ten suspensions. Yeah, but the the thing I'm not Kadri, I'm not saying though, I'm not right. saying he's he did, it was dirty. I'm just we, saying I'm just right. Benedek. We hate Nazem Kadri as a dirty hockey player here in St. Louis, right? There are some people who hate him for stupid other reasons, like racism. Yes. We hate yeah. him because he is a dirty hockey player. And if he signs here next year, holy shit, that would be like Yikes. the Blues. Right. That would, I, that would be like the Blues signing Jeremy Roenick to an offer sheet <laughs> when he was yeah. at his prime in Chicago. Right. Or. Well, the Cardinals know, did sign I, Will Clark back in the day. Hey, that I was, love Will was... Clark. My, my favorite. I, Favorite left-handed swinger of all time. Will Clark had a great season with us, right? A a great time with us when the short time it was here. Oh, nice! But but Will Clark, Will Clark was an asshole. (laughs) Nobody liked him. By the way, I'm with with Bill. I like Will Clark too. I'm with Bill. Well, right. You like Jamie Ben too. I do like Jamie Ben. I I don't like Jamie Ben. I would welcome Jamie Ben on the Blues. But I would not no. welcome Nazim Kadri. I know no. that is so fucked up. I get it. I totally get it. But hmm. I hate Nazim Kadri. No way. He's a great hockey player, and he doesn't have to be that. Way. He doesn't have to play that way. And I, I, I honestly yeah. think he doesn't know. He doesn't know the line. He doesn't know where the line is. Yeah, that's the problem. I uh, think the Perron only reason was... I like Ben is because I have an affinity for the stars. Um, no, I don't because I, don't I lived there for a short period and I kind of, that was right okay. when they started ramping up and getting better. And, you know, that was the year they had Sagan. the first year with Sagan I, when he put up like a hundred points like that, and, that I honestly think is the only reason that I have any like uh, for Jamie Ben. Does it have, does it have anything to do with not servicing the ladies? You know, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm no comment. 
<laughs> it's probably best I, to just say no comment. I have hated the stars. That's, that is yeah. a Bill Clark rookie card. 1987 card, right? Lucky charm. I have, I have, uh, I have hated the stars ever since. Craig Berube, nice. There you yeah. go, Bill. Is that Take one Berube? Is that one? Oh, Berube that's beauty. I think I've got he, that. Right, right. Berube, the, yeah. the the guy whose nickname is Chief because of his First yeah. Nations heritage. He's a racist piece he's, of shit. He's, he's yeah, a racist right. piece of shit. So I have hated the Stars ever since oh, uh, the blue, when the Blues swept the Blackhawks. Rick Wamsley, my first favorite goalie. <laughs> uh, uh, when the Blues swept the Blackhawks and then they lost to Minnesota. I've hated Minnesota, the, the, the Stars, sorry, the Stars ever since then. And then they had that rivalry in the, in yeah. the you know, 99, 2000, 2001 era, right? Um, yep. That and, and, you know, we took Turek from them when he left. Um, so that was and that Hull, so Hull, well for us. and Hull goes to the stars, right? Right. So I've had a I've had a hatred for the stars uh, for a long time, actually. Oh, I hated then, them. I hated them in the early Darian Hatcher for sure. Darian Hatcher, yeah, oh, right. Hatcher. Darian Hatcher. Oh my god, yeah. who was that? Uh, oh my god, John Sim. No, it wasn't John Sim. I hated, but there was the somebody on that team. There was another the player with the, on that with team. the with the with the skateboards on his legs. Uh, Grant Ledyard, oh, Craig Lovelace. Craig Ludwig. Ludwig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, the the fucking illegal pads that should have been outlawed, and he got to wear them. Right. Same same shin guards he wore at North Dakota in the nineteen seventies. The yeah. Hockey Hall of Fame called and asked if they could display them, and he said, "It's a package deal. Only if I'm there too." <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty no, good response. So Peron uh, Peron wants to be back. That's pretty obvious. Uh, Armstrong. Uh, was asked about it, uh, and he said, uh, if he went back, he said, I sure would. He said he he fights Father Time better than anyone, uh, than 95 to 99% of the NHL. What he did this year was spectacular. He's a very good player, and more importantly, he's a better person. Uh, I've seen him grow and become a husband and a father. I've seen the influence he's had on our younger players. They see the competitiveness that he has on a daily basis. He's a true pro and has been a very good St. Louis Blue, and if we can make it work out, I'd love to. Uh and Rutherford said uh, on this bank on it happening, so Perron yeah. is back probably. I you know we're gonna see a decline with this team, and we're gonna see them miss playoffs. It's just how it goes when you build a cup roster. Eventually, they're gonna crumble, and you know hopefully it's a short rebuild afterward. Anyway, we'll see. But those are two guys I want to see. Bill, you mentioned earlier, Ryan O'Reilly should retire as St. Louis Blue. I want to see the same with David Perron. I'd love to see mm-hmm. those two, like a Wainwright, Molina, Pujols situation where maybe they both go out at the same time. And it's just the final victory lap of these two veterans. You know, I I want to see that. I want to see those guys retire in Blues uniforms. And maybe when it's all said and done, one or both of them get their jersey number retired because they've been great ambassadors for the city of St. Louis. And they've been uh, just just great blues overall on the ice. Yeah, so, I, I'll tell you, no one thing this year has made me feel older than hearing David Perron is thirty four years old. Yeah, like that's messed holy up. Holy fuck! How did that happen? How how <laughs> did how did sixteen years go by with? with him in the NHL, right? And he's, he is my favorite player on this team, 
right? I, just the what he has done over his career, going from the you know the kid who barely played any junior hockey and didn't know how to act in a in a locker room to to becoming the consummate professional that he is. God, if you know, thank God there's not another expansion draft because that's the only other way I see him leaving here. God, he is uh, he is just so such a great guy. I want him here retiring. Jason Jason Smith, uh well, okay, so Jason uh is is making a lot of comments here about uh the Peron and Cadre situation. He he says Peron in game four was as dirty as anybody this playoff. Not as dirty as Spurgeon. No, Not Spurgeon was the dirtiest. Not even close. Not even Not close. close. And, and, uh, and right, it was it was it clean? Fuck no. But was no. it dirty, suspension worthy? No. Spurgeon no. was dis- was suspension worthy. Yeah. Jason said it himself. And, it, it's yeah. It, there's no comparison there, right? And it, it it's a revenge thing, right? You took out our goalie. You're a dick. You took out Falk last year. We want to fight you. And Kadri J- turtle. And Jason Smith says again, uh, if Kadri was so dirty in tensions, I'm not sure with it. Uh, why is almost nobody who's not a Blues fan disagree and think it wasn't intentional? I'm not. Has anybody? Have we said we? I keep saying it's. I, I'm not saying that he meant to hurt Bennington. No, I, I keep no. saying that it wasn't intentional. No. Bennington said that himself. I. It's. But his play. It's but the repeat I, of the track record. Players, yeah, well, players in the NHL who go to the dirty areas have no problem bumping the goalie. They're going after the puck, and if they hit the goalie, be damned. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They're going to go in there, and if they hit the goalie, well, that, 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 that might disturb the goalie. That might throw him off his game. That's what hockey players do. I'm not – I mean, like I said, I, I, uh, uh, Nick Kiprios admitted that's what he did, and he says players do. I've, 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 in the, the, the shit-ass men leagues I play in, they do it there. Uh, it's just you you bump the goalie. You do it to, you know, you don't care if you hit him or not. It's not like you're intentionally hurting him or anything like that. Or you may not even intentionally go to hit him. But if you're getting hit, you may fall into him. You know, you may not stop yourself from falling into him. That kind of a thing. I'm not saying that he was uh, he was dirty on that play. And he says, if you're going to kill Kadri, hope you ripped Perron because there is zero doubt of his intent in game four. <laughs> he was a cowardly thug that night and usually isn't. I don't think you'd say it's intentional if it wasn't Kadri. He cross-checked Kadri down from behind and he jumped on him. I mean, yeah, it, I, I, I'm not defending Perron in that play at all. I, he was, he it, got, it he, was, he got uh, fined and I think we all agreed that he deserved yeah, something. Sure. Right. He did. But I mean, it's not, it's not like, I mean, Kadri was fine. I mean, I mean, he knocked him down. He jumped on him. It happened. I mean, it. it I mean, that, that's a. That's a. I don't condone what he did, but it. It's not the worst thing in the world. That. that that's. I'm not sure why you think that's so terrible. He didn't cross check him in the face. Right. I. I don't con- condone what Perron did, but I also don't condone what Kadri did when Perron hit him. He fucking turtle. End of story. Sorry. You don't get to say anything more. He that, fucking covered his head and turtled like a pussy. Well, that's that's Stop. a good point because because Shen Shen challenged him to fight. Uh, Shen with broken ribs, by the way, challenged him to fight, and Kadri refused to. If Kadri answers the bell for what he did to Bennington, uh, if he answers the bell and fights Shen, I don't think Peron and Bushnevich uh, go after him like that. Nope. I don't. Nope. I mean, it worked out in, in Colorado's favor because they got the power play, they scored the goal. You know, it all worked out in their favor. 
But I'm just saying, as far as that incident goes, that that might not happen if he answers the bell and fights Shen like a respectable hockey player would have, should have. According to the hockey code, anyway, if you believe in that kind of thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, moving on. Well, one light sound geometry in the YouTube chat brings up a point that I, I'm going to say the answer to this question is no. But the question is, all teams left have a goon rostered. Does Army need a bottom nine policeman? I think the answer is no. I think Shen is that guy on this team, and Kadri wouldn't fight him. Yeah, Ortuzo could be that guy. And I think you need to have physical players on your team uh, still to this day. And the Blues have that. I think with Shen, Bortuzzo, um, even Barbashev, you know, very physical guys. Um, But the knock on this team to me isn't they're not physical enough. It's that the guys getting the big minutes, Pareko, uh, are not physical enough. And they're just not Mm -hmm. getting the job done. That's where the issue is for me. Um, Huso, we talked about Huso, uh, the uh, Armstrong and Huso, uh, Ville had, and I had a conversation this morning. Armstrong said he's put himself in a very good spot. He had a great regular season. Obviously the playoffs were up and down for all of us. That's the nicest way to say he <laughs> had a yes. fall off. Uh, he was put into a really difficult situation coming into the Colorado series. If I'm really, uh, if I'm a Ville Huso fan, I told him I'd love to have him come back or I'm a Ville Huso fan. Sorry. I told him I'd love to have him come back, but also it's a business for him, and he's put himself in a spot where now, uh, where if he wants to test the market, I would understand it. It's a long time between today and July 13th when they're allowed to hit for agency. We have some time to work on it. Um, oh, so, is that right? July 13th? Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I, that, that the way he words that tells me he fully expects Billy Huso to test for agency, and we'll see what he gets offered. And then if it's and they the Blues may make him an offer and then let him decide. So uh, you know I'm I'm thinking that a team like Edmonton, especially I mean, you knew going into the playoffs that Edmonton would like to have him. Uh, and after seeing uh, Smith in the playoffs, they certainly want to have him, even though Huso wasn't amazing. But Steve Smith is Steve uh, Smith. So uh, no. Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Mike, so Mike see, Smith, Mike see, Smith. See, Smith is you got the, you week. got the Jeff Same Plunder, thing. right? I've well, I've ruined you. Like, I ruined you Jeff hurt. Smith earlier this year, right? I just put I just put Steve in front of people's names and hope it's right. right. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is so true. Steve Price, Steve <laughs> Day, and Steve Pond. Yeah, there is a and small Steve chance Bushnavich. that I'll be correct. Steve Bushnavich. <laughs> um, I, uh, I would, I would, I, the, okay. I think as a no-brainer to try and bring him back. I think they can they can offer him up to a certain amount, maybe like two and a half, uh, and see and see what happens. You know, uh I, I don't I, I think a team like a team that wants him may give him like three or four. So uh I don't know. People are saying he might get five or six. I'm like that's batshit stupid. Nobody knows me. Five or six. Um, well uh, it, I think it I think, depends I think if, it, it depends on who takes over in Ottawa. Right, I, I, uh, well, I, I don't think he'd sign in Ottawa. You think he'd sign in Ottawa? I, I, maybe if he is the number I would one, I think he'd, money. I think he, right. I think he'd wait for Edmonton to call. I think that's a much better spot for him. I think, I, dude, I don't know. Ottawa, I think, is going to be a playoff team the next couple of years. Yeah, but I he mean, maybe Edmonton, just has to be, deal with be one there or soon. two stinker right. years. Right, yeah. they'll they'll be there soon with Brady and Stutzla, and yeah. you know. Um, Who's who's Shabbat on the back end? Yeah, and yep. they they're gonna be good. Yeah, 
But yeah, uh, I I would love to see Huso back. I would love to see him yeah, and Bennington do the tandem. I just think that the money's going to be there and, you know, somewhere else. And, you know, I, 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 I also, you know, just as, as a long suffering blues fan, you know, 2019, notwithstanding, I can see a situation where Huso goes on to a team, leads them to a cup victory. And we're like, Oh, we stuck with the wrong guy in a couple of years, but you know, that's, that's just, you know, 40, 45 years of, of, you know, mostly, negative conditioning here but yeah armstrong on huso letty and perron and if he could really bring back all three armstrong said i wouldn't say no we're going to go to work if we can make it work we will that's a nothing answer <laughs> mm-hmm. that he gave um which probably means no right he doesn't think all three are going to yeah. be so yep uh Free agency does start July 13th. The Blues have about $10 million in projected cap space. So uh, we'll see what they do. They do have some people to take care of, and it's going to be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Right. Let's see and, if, uh, if Armstrong watched tonight and was like, ooh, that six-point plan from that Ponder guy works pretty mm, well. It's a good plan. All right. <laughs> to to uh, close out the show, rapid-fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, we're just gonna. I, 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 this might be a, a a nice little discussion here. Makar's offside goal last night. Uh, this was. I thought this was funny. How this went for me personally. <laughs> yeah, because right. you took a how full often 180. Does, right? That how often never... does Kurt Rice give up a point? <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And well, usually, usually when I take a stance on something, I look at it, you know, I, I, I try and be smart about it. I try and be unbiased, impartial, uh, and fair, whatever it is, you know, especially with other teams. And I looked at this and I'm like, okay, there's, I thought their argument was why they allowed the goal or why they said it was onside was because they said that McCarr didn't have possession of the puck. And I was like, that's bullshit stupid. He's got the puck. He advances the puck in the zone. He's got he's carrying the puck into the zone. But I was looking at it wrong. I was look I wasn't looking at what the replay what, what Toronto was looking at. So McCarr obviously touches the puck. He steals the puck and touches it and advances it forward, touches it twice, touches it when he steals it, and then touches it right before the blue line, pushes it ahead. And so the puck crosses the blue line. And uh, uh, Nachushkin is in the zone still. He's off. He's offside. So when the puck comes into the zone, it becomes a very short, delayed offside moment because Makar hadn't touched the puck once it touched once across the blue line, right? So Nachushkin, and before Makar touches the puck, and before Makar enters the zone, Nachushkin is able to touch up on the blue line, and then Makar touches the puck and then crosses the blue line. So that I was not even looking at that aspect of it. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, shit. I think I was wrong. right. So I think the NHL right. got it right based on that. I was just not looking at it that way. Um, and I was totally on board with Jeff. I don't know if Jeff's changed his mind or not, if he's still uh, on his stand. I, I totally agree with you in the morning. I'm like, yeah, Jeff, I, it's the worst call I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Right. I think I disagree with you now. I will no, I will it, walk back that it was the second worst call in history. Uh nineteen ninety nine Stanley Cup final game six goal with Hall. No, 
I still think stands as number one. Right. But I will grease. walk back. This was not the second worst call. Uh, but I will say, and, and Bill, I'm not sure what, what you're about to add here. I'll, I'll just get my piece in real quick. Um, the the possession thing, I understand. I understand this, and I see it, and I say, okay, at the end of the day, this was probably called right. But how many goals, if we go back in the history of even yeah. just this season, how many goals do you think if they looked at it this way, with with this kind of a magnifying glass, actually end up being good goals? <clears throat> I think mm-hmm. in the spirit of what we've seen, this is not a goal. How it's written, 100%. This was a, this was a right. clear onside. It's fine. But we have always been focused on, is the puck ahead of the blue line before the player tags? And mm-hmm. the way that is called, no, clearly offside. So to me, this is just a matter of, They've been getting it wrong up until this point. And to me, that's bullshit. The coach gets uh, a penalty against him for challenging, and then they it's a two-goal swing because the other team scores, or the Avalanche scored on the power play too. So to me, it's a bullshit call still. Not the worst in history, but a bullshit call because of the way we've seen this called up until this point. Yeah. So, so the distinction here, right. And, you know, I, I had to, I had to go read my Elliot Friedman today to, to really understand this. The distinction is it was not a delayed offside. It wasn't, the hand was not up for a delayed offside because the puck wasn't in the zone. It was a tag up offside. Right. And that's where the, the positioning of McCarr, when he takes back control of the puck, Right. He has control in the neutral zone, gives it up, lets it cross, gives Nuchuskin enough time to to tag up, and then he takes control back while he is still coming across the line. Right. It is it is correct. But everything we've ever been conditioned to think about offsides, it just feels wrong. Right. Yep. I, I completely yeah. agree with it. I it took me it took me really going back and and reading Friedman's commentary several times like mm, technically that makes sense I don't like it but it makes sense and and I saw in you know some wonks Twitter circles where people were saying you know that oh Edmonton does you know Edmonton didn't know the rule they didn't understand it they're gonna get screwed by this challenge this is entirely different from earlier in the playoffs when Mike Sullivan and the Penguins were complaining about the um, Lafreniere pulling the helmet off. I forget what Penguins player it was. And they didn't understand that he could have picked it up. And they said, right. no, he took our guy out of the play. He had to come to the bench. They didn't understand that rule. Right? Who doesn't understand in, that? In, I know right, that. And, and that. That didn't make sense to me. But this is such a slim yeah. distinction that you hardly ever see come into this clear focus, right? That it, at the end of the day, you're like, mm, yeah, it, this sucks for Edmonton because I, I would have challenged that too. Any coach in their right oh. mind is going to challenge that play. That gets you, you have to anyway. hundred times out of a hundred. The the Avs are lucky the linesman missed it. And I, and when I say missed it, if the the linesman should have called right, it offside. It, because right. if the call on because, the ice was offside. 
right? Yeah. It's over, right? It doesn't, right. it doesn't proceed. And, and, and from the linesman's perspective, he should have called it offside. He's not look. I, there's no way it's a bang, bang play. There's no way he's checking to see if the puck is still on McCarr's stick when the puck crosses a line and also watching the come over. He's not doing that. You can't watch all that at once. He just missed the offside. Or he thought, well, ah, it's too close to call. If they score, we'll review it and get it right, which I think should be done more often. Yeah. But right. I, the, 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 he, he missed the call yeah. even though he was correct in missing the call, if that makes any sense right. whatsoever. No, it well, does I, actually. In I, this one I, play, I, that does make right, sense. Right, right. <laughs> and, and I will say from the stills that I've seen or, or the, the very brief gif of the the contact and no contact with the puck the linesman is not on the line he is a foot and a half that from what i recall seeing he is a foot and a half behind the line from where he's supposed to be so bad positioning at the end of the day they got it right it doesn't feel right Right. And, Ron and McLean. That's, that's the beauty of the sport to me, right? Is there there are <laughs> there are so many nuances to to even the the most basic rules that we think we know in and out that here we are. You, yeah, this is right. It sucks, but you, it's right. Did you see the what Ron McLean he broke down the play is on Sportsnet? Uh he and he broke it down wrong. He he and, and it's funny how the narrative initially with all the the analysts was that McCarr never had possession. And that was the narrative at first. And then people started actually talking to the NHL and saying, no, 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 it was, it, this is what happened. And so Ron McLean's breaking this all down. And he goes, yeah, McCarr, you know, uh, he's going to real ultra slow motion. Yeah, McCarr, okay, the puck is coming across the blue line. McCarr hasn't touched it yet. Hasn't touched it yet, and the puck crosses the blue line into the zone. McCarr still hasn't touched it. Nutrushkin then touches up, then McCarr touches it. I'm like, what kind of fucking horse shit is that? And so I watched that first. One of the first things I watched, I'm like, this fucking batshit wrong. Everyone's wrong about this play because everyone's then saying that McCarr didn't have possession. He never touched it until it was inside the zone, which is completely wrong. He touched it twice. He touched it when he stole it, and he touched it to push it across the blue line. And I'm like, what? I'm like, man, you're you're wrong, dude. I mean, I respect him and all, but he's fucking wrong. And then all of a sudden, the narrative completely changed, and that wasn't what what the call was based on at all. It wasn't based on possession because it was based on possession. I'm like, that's you. He's carrying the puck across the blue line. He's got the puck. And I agree with you, Jeff. That and I actually I think there should be a rule change with this because in in, in offside situations uh, when you're coming to the zone like this. And I agree with you, Jeff. It's not in the spirit of the rule. There's got to be a, a transition to uh, if you have possession of the puck, it does. You, your your stick shouldn't have to be contacting the puck to be an offside. If you're carrying into the zone, the puck's with you. Your stick handling, and you come across the blue line, you've got the puck. When the puck comes across the line, it's either offside at that moment or it's not. Uh, you shouldn't have to touch it with the blade of your stick uh, after the puck crosses the blue line for it to be offside. If and you've got many- the puck and you've got possession. How many times have we heard, like, well, he has possession. Like, we hear possession all the time when there's talks of an off- possible offside. And now we're learning that, that again, and it, it is in the rule book, so I get that, but how it's been preached for years, possession is what's most important. Now we're hearing, oh, it's not possession. It's the stick actually has to be on the puck. Like, 
what? That's news to me. That was never preached before. And it's just, it, it just, I don't know. Again, it's it, not the ruling. It's not called right. That but all of a sudden, it seems like the narrative has changed. And that is the fucking problem here. Yeah. Yeah. It's never been called that way. Now, I've seen players come across the blue line and go to grab the, st- grab the puck and they see someone's offside and they stop and they pull back because they would have been offside and they let it go. I've seen that not called. So a player's smart in that regard. But yeah, I agree with you. You're carrying across the blue line. You've got the puck. It's never, it's never an issue of whether the puck, the stick's on the puck at the time of the offside call. That's, it's never been looked at like that. It's, it's, uh, and it's not anything we've been told ever. Even though I understand, you know, fully, you know, delayed offside. That's just, but yeah, weird, weird play. And I wonder if they'll look at it. Probably not because I'm sure they think the rule is fine. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's going to be forgotten about by the time the Stanley Cup final comes around because there'll be another thing that, that was, happens that it's that, but is much that bigger. Was, that was a big goal. That was a two goal swing. That was they scored on the power play. Or they scored yep. on that. They scored on that play, and the challenge failed, and they scored on that power play. So that yep. was uh, that was that just two goals right there, and that was the end of the period too. Fourteen seconds to go, or something like that, and they scored the power play to start the next period. God, that was huge in a game that ended up being. You know, seventeen, eighteen. <laughs> was it nine, seven, nine, uh, eight, six, eight, six? Right. Final. Edmonton yeah. lost on the two point conversion. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a goofy game. Uh, and tonight, I mean, fuck the, the craziness. Who, who would have thought? Right, the the narrative was written after last night. The West doesn't need goalies, so the East has got the goaltending matchup you're going to see, and still eight goals in a fucking game. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's all I got, folks. Anything else you want to add at the end here? I mean, uh, obviously, 10 seasons, it's going to continue. We've uh, we're, This isn't the last episode of Season 10 for us, but uh, last true episode of the season uh so you know 10 episodes boys uh great work from for 10 seasons what i've seen from the both of you love having you guys can't wait for season 11 in october to roll around and us to kick off another year of talking blues hockey you know what we're gonna do you know remember the old st louis blues channel 11 logo remember that with a blue note kind of yeah. wrapped around the 11 Maybe we'll do a mm-hmm. little uh, eleven logo with the blue, uh, a little mock, on, a little play on Channel Eleven's old logo. I love back it. In the, back in the day, huh? You're a smart guy. Yeah. I like that. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, Katie and all folks. Thinking a, thinking ahead. KPLR. <laughs> KPLR. KPLR. Yeah. yeah. What I say? Um, think, yeah, thinking. You said Katie and L. That was Did thirty. I? KPLR. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I met KPLR. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been a, another great season, um, you know, and uh, for me personally, um, you know, going to take a little bit of time off. I've got uh, some, a whole lot of stuff going on in the personal life. Hopefully the next time that I'm on, I will be in a new podcast studio. So we'll, Bill if, is if moving to Timbuktu. Yes. Yes. Otherwise known as Glenn Carvin, but you know, um, if, if all goes well, um, my next show will be in a new location. So, uh, next show far. though, I mean, there's a possibility we're going to have a, uh, blues, uh, mystery theater coming up in a couple weeks. So 
I wouldn't say that definitively yet. No, no, I'm I'm definitely not going to uh, count any chickens at this point. Um, but uh, <laughs> the the next time we're doing game breakdowns and, oh, and not sure. cheeky commentary on an old game, yeah, for sure, <laughs> cheeky commentary. I like that. Well. I'm uh, I'm I I forgot to share this with you guys, but I do have a schedule already kind of built out for this summer. Uh, looks like maybe uh, the week of July fourth, uh, we'll definitely will want to have a show because that'll be the draft the following weekend. So, what day uh, is that? Well, July sixth uh, is that Wednesday. Yeah, okay. July fourth. If if I'm even in town for July fourth okay. weekend, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Well, if not, the next week we will be talking free agent signings. Actually, July 13th, first day of free agency, is on a Wednesday. So I think that will yeah. be a perfect time to have a show for us. Yeah, the, the, the players got what they wanted there and no more uh, you know, free agency while they're trying to take their uh, vacation at their lake cottage in Canada. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's sucks for for those of us that could spend some time in front of the TV uh, on those lazy days, but uh, hey, well, July thirteenth, why not? Yep, uh, I know. So uh, yeah, I would say again next week expect expect a show. I mean, expect a show every single week. There will be one every week for the whole summer. Uh, but uh, yeah, next week I will have something new. Maybe, uh, and, and again, follow us on social media, LGB Radio on Twitter. Uh, I think it's Facebook.com slash Let's Go Blues Radio. I believe that's correct. Could be wrong. Either way, search. It's a page. Let's LGB Radio, isn't it? You might be right. Maybe. Uh, as well as Instagram. We're everywhere. Th- Just follow us as well as, as you can see on the video here. We've got our Twitter hashtags on there. We will, right. I will be posting when uh, shows will happen, who will be on them, what you can expect. Just uh, make sure you stay tuned, and, and we will have some perfect summer content for you. Right, and I'm when really- I find that free time, we'll get our TikTok channel going, right? Yes, yeah, Bill, <laughs> you're working on that, for sure. You guys uh, familiar with Vegas Blues fan who's on Twitter? Comments a yes. lot. Mm-hmm. Very, yes. very yep. strong opinions on things. Yes. Uh, he commented on my uh, my tweet about uh, Rosen being a depth signing, a good depth signing. Uh, he said, as long as he stays at Springfield, it's a good deal. He is okay as a fill-in, but with the Blues injuries, he played way too many games, and it showed he is not an NHL-quality player. <laughs> Disagree, mm, sir. At, at, the beginning of this, at the beginning of it, yes. But by yeah. the end of it, he fit in well. He did fit in uh, well. Yeah. A lot of... Uh, Whoa, a lot of nice comments here in the YouTube chat we'll get to before we close up. Matt Harris, I love uh, LGBT radio, <laughs> Pride Month. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll just add on that something I say every Pride Month. It's something I truly believe. Be yourself, be proud to be yourself, and uh, uh, not just in June. Be happy with who you are, and uh, and that's why I think Pride Month is so important for everyone. Be proud of who you are. And uh, Matt, I hope you, you had a good first day of Pride Month because I always enjoy this month too. It's a lot of fun. Everything is for everyone. How about that for yep. a slogan? There you go. Uh, Matt Harris says, I wish you peace of mind and rest, Bill. Uh, Ken Morris, I hope to do my vintage car shows Appreciate this it. summer in Nova Scotia. Uh, Amazon has a library of your shows. Is that true? 
What? Sorry? He says, yeah. Ken Morris, yeah, Amazon, Amazon has a library of our shows. We're on Amazon, yeah. Amazon uh, huh. music, streaming. Yeah, podcast. I did yeah. not know that. You do now. And uh, Facebook. Did you guys notice that? That Facebook posts our actual like podcast episodes, too? Uh, no. It doesn't that, no. like come up on our page, but it like it posts and says like, "Let's Go Blues Radio has a new podcast episode." Yeah. So apparently, you can listen to just the podcasted version on Facebook as well. But if if you're going to watch or listen on Facebook, why not just you know look at our beautiful faces and watch the video? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, th- and uh, great season, uh, podcast-wise and team-wise. It was fun. Uh, thanks to everyone who participated in the YouTube chats uh, all season long. Uh, a lot of fun, and we'll uh, we'll keep this going in off-season. Support and for Let's, Let's Go Blues uh, Right. Oh, sorry, I was just going to add real quick. Let's not forget that uh, if you can rate us over at iTunes or any yeah. place that allows rating, that helps us gain an audience even help us gain sponsors and if we get more sponsors the better quality the show will be and the more content we can provide so uh make sure you give us some positive ratings over there on uh itunes or wherever if you really enjoy the show i think itunes is one of the only ones that does the ratings thing right i think you're right i don't think so go on you go on itunes and uh and uh give us a a five-star rating if you think we deserve it appreciate that yeah we'd appreciate it thank you uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com. And tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you up. And by Centerized Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey theme beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Centerized Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode uh what is this? Thirty-four? No, forty-two. 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 Forty-two of season ten of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio! Thank you for listening all season long, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats all season long during the live shows. We've uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone. It was an empty fucking water bottle. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Cardinals. And let's go Steve. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well... There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.